Julia. Ben. What's up? Nothing much. What you been up to? Um, I just graduated college. Congratulations. Thank you. From DePaul, right? Mm-hmm. Vocal performance, mm-hmm. jazz mm-hmm. specific. How'd you get into that? Let's just start right off with it. Because that's how I know you. Yeah. Right. I, I heard about you through the, the ether of the music web of Chicago, which I'm heavily involved with. And mm-hmm. I heard about you. I think I may have saw you do some performances with Thaddeus Tukes. He's a friend of mine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, I, I work with a lot of jazz people. Yeah, no, for sure. They're all the best, worst people to work with. Them and classical trained. Mm. Because before we go into to you, you all, I'm just going to generalize you all. You all have this immense talent you've been honing in for your whole life, most of you. Trained your whole life, then you studied in high school, and then you studied in college, maybe do a tutoring outside of that, and you're doing it with your friends and your peers. So you're like the best of the best, but that makes you almost the worst of the worst to work with because you're so specific. Everything has to be so good, so perfect, so on time, in tune, no mess ups, which is great, except it can be a major headache. Mm-hmm. When you're on the production side of it, you know, because mm. you're like, oh my God, it's fine. Like you're overthinking it. Yeah. That take was amazing. And you're like, <laughs> no, sorry, I was flat on this one yeah. note, this one time out of a whole five minute take. And it's like, oh, I get it. And the only thing that makes me okay with it is the fact that it is really good. Mm-hmm. Although if it was like really bad, I'd be like, no, no. If it's this bad, you can't just keep doing take after take. I know I've put you through that. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a good assessment of you and your peers? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if you're not a musician, you're not a perfectionist, I guess. I don't know. Trained musicians. Because I know plenty of like the punk rock, indie rock, slacker rock, garage rock that are there like whatever. You know, they're they're not trained. Yeah. Have you worked with a lot of people like that? No. They're not trained. They don't have good equipment. They didn't go to school for it. Mm-hmm. They have not been searching for it their whole life or practicing for it. They mm-hmm. weren't trained in it. So they just have um, a more blasé feeling about it. And not that it's better or worse. It's a very different one. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes that goes too extreme. I've also worked with a lot of artists like that where it's too much in the other direction where they don't care about anything. Mm. Nothing matters. So the takes are actually terrible. It's sloppy. They're not practiced because they're like, ah, whatever. We'll just wing it. It's, you know, it's punk rock. And it's like, no. Whoa. Now it's too far gone, you know. So there's a good balance. But That's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> you learn something new every day. <laughs> so how long have you been singing for? Um, <laughs> I was just looking back on, like, my old papers from from the university. And I, I read something that said I've been singing since I've come out the womb basically <laughs> um no literally my my dad has a video of me um like one of those like like one of those video cameras like mm-hmm. vcrs or whatever um of me singing summertime in the bathtub mm. as like a two-year-old like it's so funny um on dvd or something mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i i would say like just you know as kids do like we just sang and then I was just always in choir. Um, I also play violin, so I was like... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, orchestra, orchestra kid, you know. Oh, this is explains why deal. you never played with punk rockers. <laughs> you like violin. I so, love it all, though. That's really cool. Suzuki method? Yeah. How did I know? 
Yeah. Classic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you started at a young age. Mm-hmm. Would you learn Suzuki at three or four, five? I think I started playing. How old are you in like the first grade? Seven? Six or seven, seven? depending. Yeah. You probably were six because your birthday's in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably started in the fall. Yeah. So yeah. that's when I, I, that's what I distinctly remember like starting an orchestra at that age. This explains your pitch abilities. Man. <laughs> which you'll never know because it's all you've ever known. Mm. I mean, if you start at six, all you've ever known is music, you know? Yeah, so you started young. Mm-hmm. When did you start doing more vocal heavy music? It's just kind of always been there. Always been there. I did this choir called Campanella Choir. It was like a traveling um, children's choir. Like it kind of ranged age wise. Um, but it's like a Russian based choir. Like everyone in it was Russian, like out of my mom's community. Like she just knew um, the director. And I started that at, like, a very young age. Like, they taught me music theory, like, ear training. Like, I remember doing classes after going to choir on, like, Saturdays. And I was doing that for, like, a pretty long time. Um, And then choirs in school, like, through middle school, through high school, and then obviously college. (laughs) So it's just kind of, like, it's always been there. Um, And I took, like, violin lessons, did, like, group violin lessons um, outside of school as well, Mm -hmm. as well as, like, inside of school. So it was just, like, all music. Always music. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up around Chicago? Near Chicago, yeah. yeah. I'm from, like, the north suburbs. So, like, Evanston. My parents live in Glenview. Glenview. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Very familiar with that area. Yeah. It wasn't until more... Recently, because uh, I grew up, you know, went to my old studio. It's more southwest right, suburbs, right, right, right. so I didn't really know. I always knew of Evanston and some of those areas, Highland Park, but mm-hmm. Buffalo Grove. But I never went up there. That was always like the other people mm-hmm. up there, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. You know exactly. <laughs> I what I'm do saying. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's be honest. The people in Chicago who have money, mm-hmm. not the South Side. And I say that being from the South Side, mm-hmm. so I, I know what it means. I even live there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different vibe up there. Absolutely. It's very different, but still very beautiful. The the homes around Lake Michigan oh and my Evanston gosh. are crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I grew up too west, like too west from like— <laughs> Too west. I went to New Trier, so like I that's like the high school that like fed into Kenilworth, oh, okay. Winnetka, Glencoe, all those areas. And I was like right on the peak of going into New Trier. I like— should have gone to like Glenbrook or mm. one of the Northbrook Glenview schools. <laughs> Are they just different, better, worse? Those schools. Um, I was just closer to those. Okay. Um, New Trier is an amazing school. It's incredible. Okay. Wonderful high school. Public. These are all public schools. It's public. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about a nice area with a lot of taxes going into it. Is their mm. high schools can be amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is great if you live there. It's sad for the places that don't have good taxes going to high schools, you know. I I don't know. I always have a weird feeling about that. I'm like, there's got to be a better way than if you live here, you get the taxes from there. I feel like it should be spread out a little bit more yeah, evenly. I agree. Maybe not too much because that defeats the whole point of real estate, but not the way where it is now. No, especially with like CPS. Yeah, there's yeah. some beautiful blocks. And I have to say blocks in Chicago that – just a couple blocks over, you're like, what happened here? Mm. Like, why are these gorgeous homes here? And then you go over a quarter mile and it's like not that nice. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we can get back to that. Someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you you studied music in high school. You probably took orchestra, mm-hmm. maybe some other classes in high school. Yeah, just like it was your regular public school, like not a music high school. Like right. I know a bunch of people that took took that route, but um, yeah, no, I just kind of did a lot of like music classes and then I was a big like science buff so I loved I took like five years of science within like the four years of high school (laughs) because I just like loved it so much how did why why go into music if you love science stems it it just like coexisted Mm. it was like it was something that like I had within school um that could like kind of take me out of it for a second like Mm -hmm. obviously outside of school you have friends you have like sports for me it was music and sports and friends and all the above but like in school and like actually being interested in like what I was learning Mm -hmm. that was amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I decided to minor in bio while I was majoring with music so interesting so you have a minor in bio I do that's rare I know it's weird a science bio (laughs) or a a science minor Mm -hmm. and a major's artistic music specifically interesting I know do you want to do anything with that do you want to go to grad school or anything Oh God! I know you just finished. <laughs> You're like I'm so you burnt out. I'm, I yeah. I think that's a <laughs> valid <Dude>. description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I need a second before I can like even consider grad school for that's, anything. That's good. I think people should take one to two years off. Mm-hmm. You know, before grad school, it's a big decision, mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone. Um, but it's uh. It can open up a lot of unique doors, especially mm-hmm. with music, because they can get you into more. You can start teaching, right? At you know every level from high school to college with graduate degree in music. Maybe take it more seriously in tutoring like high end clients, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from like Evanston, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. and then maybe even like yeah, teach at like a place like DePaul or something, right. you know, right? And maybe even get into. A, uh, maybe teaching conservatories or doing orchestra stuff. Do you still play violin? I try to put it into my practice schedule. It's it's hard because I'm like trying to do this one thing where I'm like only like kind of primarily singing. Like that's basically what I did. Like my four years of college was just like you're gonna master this one you, skill. You mastered it. I will tell you. Know. you. Thank you. You're very good at singing. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just something that I had to like work towards because, like, going into it, I didn't know what I was like signing up for. I just mm-hmm. like wanted to do music, and I wanted to do it in a city. And the fact that I grew up in the suburbs, it's very different than living in Chicago. Sure is. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I think DePaul is the best move. They're giving me a lot of money. Like. Let's just do it. And I was talking to my advisors about doing like major in music, major in bio. And they were like, that's going to be really hard, like just minor in bio. And so I was like, all right, I'll just minor in bio, do the music thing, be in the city and, um, you know, where violin fits in that. I'm still figuring that out because like once you're a student, you know, everyone understands that went to college like understands that it's like you're getting hit with a lot of new information Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think I was finding ways to like put it in to like my combo sets like I played violin throughout just like a little bit but I I definitely want to like maximize the fact that I can play violin into like improv and take more lessons maybe I don't know 
Yeah. I still don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've retained a lot, you know, and you're probably very fluent with reading music. I'm yeah. Assuming, so it's just, you got to pick it up and give it some time. I know, I know. You know, you won't be at the level as your peers that have been like studying violin. Oh my that gosh. That you perform with, you know? Right, right. But that's because it's not your thing. Your vocals, though, they are at that level, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> and yeah, when did you start to play gigs and start singing? Well, when did you start playing gigs in general? Okay. Um, so when I was in high school, my senior year, like the second half of my senior year, I decided to drop, um, like choir and like what at Nutria, what we had was something called co-op choir opera. And if you're in that class, you're in the musical that the high school puts on. So I was like doing musicals before <laughs> and I was like, I don't have time to do this. Like I want to pursue jazz music like to the fullest mm -hmm. that I under like that I understood at that time. And so I dropped out of choirs. I was still in like the early bird orchestra, like chamber orchestra thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a crazy schedule. Um, but I was doing I, I put together like this this band of like like a rhythm section and a horn player that I knew at Nutrier. And we just kind of like played around the North Shore, like wherever we got gigs. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Pete Miller's. No. We had like a weekly standing gig as like a, as like the students, the student gig. And so mm. we played for free because they were like, well, you're the students. And Is it a like, restaurant or bar? It was. Venue? It was. It was. They no longer are. Okay. <laughs> but... Yeah, we had like a weekly standing gig there. While you're in high school. While I was in high school. That's pretty impressive. Saturdays. That's not very common <laughs> to be like 17, 18 right. and playing. But in high it school. was free. And that is like not okay. No. <laughs> it's not I mean, the now only I know. way that like trade works is if maybe it's like well, you're too young at the time, but like you get free drinks, food, and maybe like recordings. Right. Like some type of trade or something. No. But they I'm assuming totally. or tip jar or right. you know definitely had tips. You got tips, okay? Yeah, but I mean, like what I know now, if I could like go back in time, like I guess it's good for like the learning experience of it. Like yeah. I had never really sang in front of people like in that capacity, like that setting of like a rhythm section. Mm -hmm. Like that's a totally different thing to go from singing in choir with other singers and you're singing what's like on the paper, like mm -hmm. you're reading music. Mm -hmm. Versus singing standards with a rhythm section and like you have to be okay with what's going to happen on the spot and you have to have the skills to know what's going to happen next. Like you have to kind of like um, be intuitive. With Did it, it get you a, a new skill set of improvisation? I would say so. I mean, I didn't know how to improv at the time. I was just kind of like you improv with your voice. <laughs> Man, right? I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's a trick one because I could do it on guitar. <laughs> sure. I love to do it on guitar or bass, but to do it with the voice, I, I don't, I've never done that, so I don't know. I guess it's the same application, though. It's like, what are you playing, and can you, let's say, like, sit down with it and then sing it? But you do improvisation with your voice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> like, there's no way you planned every single thing you're doing. Right, no, I remember, like, starting college, right? I didn't, I still didn't really know what I was doing. What is jazz? What, what is this music? Like, I didn't know any of that. And I would like my whole freshman year, I could not improvise for the life of me. And then I just kind of like started transcribing a lot of solos, like, you know, pre-existing solos, like really famous records, like Lee Morgan, Coltrane, like any, any horn player, any singer that I could find, like I just started transcribing it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you kind of like figure out like, oh, 
this is how that works. Like, and then you give it a try and then you like sit down with the changes and then, you know, once you're performing, then you're like, oh, forget about all of that. And you just kind of let it flow based mm-hmm. on the skills that you've built. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really the, weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> impossible to explain it. Yeah. Or even teach it. You have to just do it. Right. You can explain and teach patterns and rhythm and tempo and timing and key signatures and tuning Things you can kind of quantify, but it mm-hmm. gets into that gray world of like whatever you do within this measure, right? Is up to you, mm-hmm. especially with something like jazz, where it starts yeah. to get a really interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you can't teach that really. You can talk about it. Yeah, it's almost it's kind of philosophical. It's hard to yeah, kind totally. of express. I agree, but it's some of the most loved, beloved things in music. Mm-hmm. We all love when someone does their solo mm-hmm. or their their thing where they just take over and it's mostly improvised. You right. Know? I mean, I, like, I've taken a bunch of, like, academic improv classes, obviously, like, through college. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's, it's um when you break it down like that, like, yeah, it's totally valid. Like, those are valid ways of practicing, like, academically. Like, what is this person playing to the T in this one measure of this, like, one change? I think that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. in itself. But, like, I also think, like, you can find a balance within, like, okay, I trust, like, my skill set and my intuition to, like, guide me through this solo. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be completely different than what comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Or the next day at a different gig. But it's, like... You have to be okay with that. And That's I think the best part. Musicians really struggle with that. Really? I love I that do. part. You do, really? I love that it's just always different. Like, I know, but it's that, like... That bothers you? No, not at all. Oh, I, you say you struggle with it. The judgment of Oh. It. That's what I struggle with. <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't know how those two things work within my brain. And hmm. <laughs> it's it's tough, but I would say I've given myself a lot of like grace and compassion throughout like my time of learning how to do that and being less critical and like analytical and just being like, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't love that, Mm -hmm. but now that's going to make me want to not sound like that the next time, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a lesson. Like you learn from that and be like, what did I not like from that? Yeah. You just pick and choose. Isn't that weird when you do an improv thing with an instrument or with your voice, Mm -hmm. you literally remember like, I'm not going to do that type of sequence of notes Mm -hmm. again. Like, I just don't like the combination of going here to there to there to there. Yeah. And you'll just, like, take that chunk and kind of not do it again. And right. you'll do something else different. And you, the more, I guess that is how you can teach someone improv. It's like, think of chunks that you do of notes, mm-hmm. groupings. And they could vary from a couple seconds to very long or bars. But you learn, you sort of learn over time what combinations you enjoy mm-hmm. or they feel right. And you start to take them out because... That's what I've noticed with improvisation. People who don't know how to do it or, or are observing or just viewers, they always ask, like, how do people know how to just wing it? It's like sure. it's it's hard to explain. The more you do it, the right. easier it gets, it's the more built. you make sense of like Absolutely. Yeah, these notes aren't written out, but especially I'm staying within like an a key in a very simple um major scale of, you know, eight notes. Mm-hmm. It's like there's only so many combinations. Mm-hmm. I, with something with like a a physical instrument, which is where it gets tricky with voice. Mm. I guess you can start to mess with your timbre with your voice. But with like an instrument, especially electric guitar with pedals, I can start adding other things. I can like hit the guitar and mm-hmm. like detune. I can make other sounds within my improvisation, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Which adds to a whole nother level of like cool stuff you can do. 
Um, but with voice, I guess you can move the microphone in different places. Yeah. Angle yourself in different spots in the room and then do different timbres with your voice. If you have the ability to do that, you know. Do you know about Bobby McFerrin? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. No? This man so. will change your life. Yeah? So he is like the epitome of a vocal instrument. Okay. So <laughs> I'm intrigued. Is he Chicago-based? or? Oh, no. I, he's out in on the West like west Coast okay. now, at least. But, um, yeah, he he played a lot with, like, Chick Corea. He's one of, like, the older, like, I would say masters of this music. Oh, okay. Um, and he could, like, he could, like, hit a certain spot like on his throat or his chest that could make it like percussive mm. and like he could do like bass lines and like he mm. was like a vocal master what musician. era what years uh like 90s, 90s i would say 2000s is it akin to like beatboxing kind of because that's kind way. of what it's going on with beatboxing definitely you know? oh absolutely yeah, he yeah. just like applied like <laughs> jazz like the changes of something and then like took it to the next level and, mm -hmm. like, has changed vocal, like, the vocal approach, like, since he kind of did his thing. It's mm. it's really cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's his name, Alto? Yeah, Bobby McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin. Oh, my gosh. So slept on, I think. That, that's a lot of jazz is so slept on. I know. Speaking of, how did you get into jazz at your age? Because it's not that popular amongst you. Bobby McFerrin. Yes. There it is. It's not that popular amongst 73 years old. Cool. Listen. Got it. Thank mm -hmm. you. It's not that popular amongst people your age um, anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it depends probably on your family, your parents, your neighborhood. But, yeah, how did how did you get into yeah. it? Honestly, it's, it's crazy that you say that from my perspective because, like, my whole, like, Instagram feed or, like, everything that I see are, like, people my age, like... Well, that's your bubble, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? But, like, even people I don't even, like, know that well, like, in New York, in D.C., in the West Coast, like, everyone that I know is, like, doing this music and, like, trying to do different yeah. things with it, which is, like, really inspiring. Yeah. Um, but it's all you've ever known, you know? Well, right. I mean, for me, I... My mom loves and my dad too but my mom she would take me to like operas growing up mm, and to the cso like <laughs> she loved i mean she's from like mother russia you know what i mean oh, okay <laughs> she's, is she from russia yeah yeah she's, like born there yes okay like, what about father uh my dad grew up in skokie that's in russia everyone knows that <laughs> <laughs> oh, i know man. what skokie is very different <laughs> uh skokie and she's russia okay yeah so she grew up in like, ashkenazi jew yes both or just both I know what Skokie means. Yeah, exactly. If you live in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you okay, go. I mean, yeah, I figured. Don't worry, I get it all the time, but I'm not Yeah, Jewish, yeah. And everyone thinks I am. <laughs> I had to tell everyone on this podcast. I mean, my 23Me said 7% Ashkenazi Jew. That counts. That's, I think everyone's got a little bit. That's not enough. <laughs> Seven, I mean, I feel like you got to be at least an eighth, 12.5%. Because after that, it just starts to get... I'm like a yeah. 16th. It's like this so far removed. I don't even really, I don't even know. Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> mom's from Russia. Dad's from Skokie. Yes. Um, were there a lot of other kids at the orchestra when your mom would take you? I don't remember. I just, I just remember like going to the CSO a lot and going to the opera, like lyric yeah. so much. She just loved it. And she wanted to like. What did, what did she it. do for in her life that got her into those things? Well, her mom, my babushka, she um, taught 
like classical piano oh. um, her whole life. And like there's a lot of music on on her side. Okay. Um, and my mom like played a little bit of piano as well growing up. Um, but she actually became an engineer and like, I know, it's crazy. Very Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now she's a... Piano engineer. Yeah, right? You must understand the sounds you make. Man. But yeah, no. So now she's a an accountant over here but okay yeah very different <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i know you mean that when you like think of your instagram youtube tiktok facebook all of it it's Man. but that thing it's catered to like your circles because right. when i step outside of it I, I work with so many people you're asian jazz is but we live in chicago it's mm -hmm. like jazz is popular but like we live in chicago if you lived in chicago new orleans new york You'd probably be like, yeah, jazz is popular. It's like, yeah, we live in the jazz cities, right. in the jazz country mm -hmm. of the world. So we have a high concentration, and then you study it, all the gigs you play, mm -hmm. all your peers. Um, it's a lot, but it's nothing compared to, like, people who are just into, like, rock music or pop mm. music and just yeah. those things, you know. That's that's just, like, everyone else. That's 90% of the world is mm -hmm. just into, like, or it, America is very much into that that stuff that's why it does so well yeah jazz is a lot harder to make it do well mm -hmm. in the music industry oh, i know <laughs> and that just goes to show is it, it only does things do well based on how many people are into it mm -hmm. who buys it i don't know why though because jazz is so appealing it's so skillful it's so mm -hmm. elegant um i don't know maybe it's just a little too it's not simple enough maybe mm. It's I don't hard know. to digest. Or it's harder it to digest. Be. Yeah. It can be. I certainly can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is it's like massive Venn diagram jazz. It's not totally. just like, all they do is play the wrong notes. Mm -hmm. It's not just that, which I love that, saying mm -hmm. that like there's no right notes in jazz. Yeah, yeah. But it goes places, it, mm -hmm. you know, and it is very emotional. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most emotional styles, genres I've ever heard, you know. Absolutely. I totally understand that perspective of like, it can be so hard to digest. And it like, again, as a freshman, didn't know anything, would sit there at like all these gigs and like have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like with my limited knowledge of like a standard, like <laughs> from the Great American Songbook, like that was nothing compared to like some of the music that I was seeing at the Jazz Showcase at Andy's. Like I was just at a loss for words, like not understanding it. And then, you know, over over the course of four years, it, it became more apparent of like, okay, I kind of understand what's going on here. Like this, this makes sense to me and it's, it's engaging, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know to each of their own. Yeah. I, I think what, what might happen is right out the gate, a younger person might assume like, oh, that's like grandma's music mm. or my parents like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost uh, more of a psychological mm -hmm. thing. Like you, you write it off. Just like if you hear, there's plenty of great classic rock, but if someone who's young hears, you know, yellow or leads up and they're like, oh, mm. you know, dad's rocks. Because they almost get, like, sure. annoyed with it. They grew up around it and it wasn't what they were into. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that happens with jazz and classical rock, blues, things that are just associated with being, like, old. <laughs> yeah. And it's not now. It's not Taylor Swift. It's not oh. new. Oh, yeah. You know? I know. But it's funny. You wouldn't have those people if it wasn't for the classical music and the jazz. Exactly. Which is, I don't know. Exactly. You gotta. It's it's too complicated to explain that to people. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just you write it off like, oh, it's just like stuff I don't understand. It's old people stuff, old people right. music, you know. 
Yeah, but I feel like it might, because of the internet, because of TikTok and YouTube and Instagram, might have a little bit of a renaissance right now. Yeah. Jazz. I think so. Like, virtually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more digestible, and people can actually see. Mm. Like, they could see you sing and perform on a video and actually, like, take it in and be like, oh, a young person, like, with a great voice is singing this, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're into it. It could break that that trope of like, oh, it's just like old dudes, you know, <laughs> in like the 60s playing it jazz. It can be that too. It oh, can be it's a totally lot of things. that. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of old dudes in jazz. Yeah. What is jazz, man? Like what the, <laughs> like what is it? I don't know. You tell me. You're the one who's more trained in I don't know either. You know, it's. <laughs> You're like, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I just parted all four oh, years. Oh, gosh. Through the pandemic? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that must have been hard. Yeah. So you started in 20. 19. 19. So your first year, the end of it was cut off. Yes. So like middle March to, because DePaul goes to mid-June. Yeah. So two months, three months is cut off. Brutal. Which is like your whole last tri-semester is cut off, right? Mm -hmm. I'm good at this, right? (laughs) You got it. That's it. That's it. And then the whole next year is cut off. My whole sophomore year was on Zoom. Being on the other end of that, having to teach, it was awful. Mm. So I will. I only could imagine the students did not have a good it's time. Hard. Yeah, my students complain a lot about it. I'm like, yeah, it was bad. It was not easy to do what I do through Zoom. It doesn't even make sense to mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah, music doesn't teaching music, vocal performances and training. How do you do that through Zoom? It doesn't even make. <sighs> yeah, I. I mean. It was the same classes that, like, we would have taken in person, just, like, online, same yeah. professors, and, like, they had to make big adjustments. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, there were there were a lot of classes where, like, I felt like I had actually learned a lot, and I think fed into a lot of my, like, learning how to improv. Mm. Um, having that a lot, like, having that amount of alone time, like, you get bored, and then <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to improvise. And, like, yeah. I just kind of – I still don't know how to improvise. <laughs> like, I don't think I ever will know. But it's, like, you can just keep trying. And, like, I think I just had that time to, like, keep trying, mm-hmm. keep trying, keep trying with my iReal Pro. Like, <laughs> like I just kept on kept on trying. And, um, yeah, the classes, like, kind of, like, fed into that, like, with some of the material. So, mm-hmm. I would say it was, like, a very helpful time, especially with, like, some of the people that I was around. Did you live in a dorm at the time or did you live back home? I, so, my last part of my freshman year, I moved back home because we got kicked out of the dorms. Right. <laughs> really dark. Yeah. Really, and was it really dark? <laughs> it was tough because, like, That sucks. You, you move mean, out. You just turned 19. I know. And, like, you're Wait, when is house. your birthday? March 16th. So it was the day it shut down. It was March 16th. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it it's Monday, a really March 16th? Birthday when I Is turned 19. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. It was really dark. <laughs> so, like, like, yeah, I'm turning 19 and like done, mm-hmm. kicked out. You're like, so 19 to 20 and even getting into 21 mm-hmm. was just kind of. Yeah. What? Because I was so much older. You went to my old house. I had a lot of space, the yeah. yard. Yeah. To be honest, when I didn't leave my property, it felt like there was no pandemic. I had a lot of roommates. Mm. I had dog. I had a yard. Yeah. It happened in March, so it was like the beginning of nice weather. Right. I have a big garage, big patio. I had the fest there. So I had all this space yeah. and things and gear, and I just played music, walked, yeah. had bonfires. Like, 
It was honestly kind of nice. Yeah. I was in the, um, I'm going to get back to you, but I was in the um, a very much adult phase of my life where like it, I'm hustling for like a decade, like mm. after college. Mm-hmm. And it was the first break I've had in ages where mm-hmm. I just got to like sit there and be relaxed. Like I don't, like everyone had to deal with it, but some mm-hmm. people went way longer than others before mm-hmm. they had a, a gap in like their adulthood. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I was already past like going out all the time. Yep. I was already past hanging out with friends, uh, you know, on the weekends. And so like it didn't really, I was like, whatever. But I feel, I feel bad for people your age that mm. you're starting to like, I'm in the city. Right. I'm in college. Let's go out. Let's do this. Let's go to shows. Even if you're just performing or just partying, it doesn't matter. Like to have that taken away at the most fun age of your life, mm. to be honest. Like I know you're still young, but where you are right now is like so much fun. Because the energy you have, what you can do, the lack of responsibility, the lack of people putting responsibility onto you. Mm -hmm. You know, society looks at a 22-year-old, ah, you got time to figure it out. They look at me like, what's your problem? Why don't Mm. you got to figure it out, you know? It's so dark. It's dark, but I I feel bad for everyone that was like that age that was robbed of like doing, you know, early adult college stuff. Yeah. You know, it sucks. Those are very developmental years yeah 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 i mean i i did so much stuff those years i i started all the stuff i do now those Mm. years and if the pandemic happened i would not have been able to start all the things i do because it's all social i have to interact Mm. with bands and artists there's no way you know Mm. so yeah that must have been brutal Mm. but so you leave your dorm yeah you go home yeah and then you stay home with my parents (laughs) i know (laughs) <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It was just like you move out and you're ready to like move out and like I hadn't visited home. I mean like to Paul from my parents' house is like very close, 30 minutes yeah. at least. And like I could have gone home anytime and I know like my freshman year I like stayed in my dorm. Like I loved it. Yeah. Um, Finally have freedom. I know. And then, you know, top of 2020, I actually developed um I don't know how it really started, but I have this thing called ulcerative colitis. I don't know if you've ever... Say it again? Ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative? Like ulcers? Like ulcerative. Ulcer. <laughs> ulcerative colitis. Does that have anything to do with ulcers? It does. <laughs> okay. No, it's cool. It's fine. I'm good now. Tell us about I it. I would love to, yeah. <laughs> but I you know, wait to talk about this awful thing. I mean, as like a 19-year-old, you don't want to have like... Ulcer. Is it stress-related? I don't know. Maybe genetic. Did your doctors tell you what it was? <laughs> it kind of emerged out of nowhere. Top of 2020. Um, it just means that like your colon, like your large intestine um, is just very inflamed. And like that's a very painful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it could it could be for any reason. Like I just started college. It could be stress related. It could be anything genetic. Um, it's like an autoimmune type of thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I like there. There's no like cure per se, but I'm on like I've done a bunch of like medications. I've done the steroids. I've done the injections, infusions, like you name it. Wow. Is that but, close to Crohn's disease? Yes, very similar. But different location on your colon. Is this a, is it a, a, is it more common in Jewish people? I, yeah, I mean. Because I actually, what you just told me, I know other Jewish people who've had 
this. Yeah, I mean, but I've never heard of anyone else having it. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. trying to like generalize, but like I'm just wondering. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, like, because there's other ethnicities yeah. that have very specific yeah, things like that IBS happen to and them. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it Definitely. happens to them and not um, others, based on their I diet know. throughout history. Yeah, and, it's really interesting. Um, inter. Um, Kind of replicating similar DNA because oh, you stay yeah. close to your tribe. You Definitely, know? like stress-related events that. I'm happened. sure that doesn't help. Yeah, because you were in college and then you have a global pandemic. I know. When you're trying to do a field that is performing. I know it was which wild. Is terrifying. I know. <laughs> I mean, I never want to like relive that, but no. I did learn a lot about like coping with it and like acceptance and just like taking it day by day. Like, so is it all your diet? Um, like you have to eat you know, cleaner. It, it didn't really make a difference what I ate. Oh, really? It was kind of like whatever I did, just like flare up, flare up, flare up. And it was just like I had to stay home, which everyone did. And it was the pandemic. So in, in some ways it was like it gave me time to like be home and like feel safe in my home and like find ways to heal and like navigate through that as as one does. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was... It was weird. Hmm. It was very weird. But but I will say there has been a lot of progress since then. And I am like very much healing, heading towards remission. Um, yeah, it's it's been wild and I never want to relive it again. But I'm much better. <laughs> Just, You're better for it? I'm better. Just in general. Okay. <laughs> in general. I hate – I mean it's never good when someone has a health issue. Yeah. But it sucks when they're like super young. Oh, my gosh. And you're like, what? I know. Why? Like, you're young, you seem healthy, it's like... Yeah. I don't know. You would never know. No. You'd never know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You interesting, yeah. interesting uh, segue. <laughs> Sorry. The, no, the it's like totally the fine. large intestine. I know. <laughs> we all have them. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. pandemic happens, mm -hmm. you get through the sickness, you're back home, mm -hmm. it's like... Late 2020, get in 2021. Yeah. Well, it was my spring quarter of um, school, my freshman year. And like pre-pandemic, like it was so fun. Like I would party and I went to clubs and like I lived that life. Like I did that. And then the pandemic hit and like none of that happened anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now I'm like at home and like practicing <laughs> and like doing homework, getting my stuff together, like you know, um, and then I, I just moved out in the summertime. I moved out into an apartment in Lincoln Park thinking, you know, they were like, oh, we're going to be back in person, you know. Oh, in the summer of 2020. Yeah, I moved out summer 2020 because I thought in the fall I'd be back to school, which we weren't. <laughs> Not for a year. So I moved in with this girl and we um, were roommates in this apartment in Lincoln Park. And like we were just kind of like pent up at the house. Like, something to do. Because yeah. everything was still closed then. A couple yeah. things open, but most of the time yeah. it closed. By winter, it really closed down again. Mm -hmm. That was a really weird year. Oh, my God. Not so much when it when it happened was weird, but the the after effect. That September mm -hmm. 2020, mm -hmm. that school year to mm -hmm. like May 2021 mm -hmm. was so weird because everyone was shut down. Oh, my God. Like all the schools, yeah. everything. That winter was I had nothing to do for the first time in half my life. Mm -hmm. Since I started working at 16, I was like, I have nothing mm -hmm. to do. Like, 
you were living in the city, so much to do, but nothing to do. No. And if no. you did go out, it was a little awkward. I know. People, everyone looks at each other funny. Yeah. You like, can't sneeze or cough. I'm get like, far oh, away. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of weird psychologically what happened. And now yeah. we're all just kind of like, eh. You don't feel good today. I know. <laughs> the difference is crazy. Vitamin water. If you think back to those times, it's like, it felt like it was going to, they kept dragging it on because it's <sighs> like, oh, it's just another two weeks, another two weeks. And then it was like, this is, two this years. feels like 10 years, you know? Oh, such a weird time. And then what I did, you know, time. I did some research on the pandemic that happened in like 1920. And I read about that and I'm like, well, they got through it. Like mm-hmm. they were fine. <laughs> Whatever. There was something that happened like the in Spanish flu. American I think history. It was 1918. Yeah. Right. It was right around World War One. Like ending. literally a century ago. Yeah. Um, and I just did some research and like I was like, you know what? If they got through it with the resources they had, exactly. we'll be fine. <laughs> it was a wake up call. Just you gotta live a healthier life. Mm-hmm. Things can happen. People can get sick. You're less likely to be harmed in every way if you're just healthier. Sure. And take care of yourself. Sleep better. Mm-hmm. I, I it changed my life. I'm significantly yeah. healthier now. I Man. sleep a lot better. I eat cleaner. I fast. I work out every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I realized like this is important, and yeah, that was that was bizarre. I still can't believe that happened, and it all turned out the way it did. I know, because it's like now no one is really like pressed onto the fact that like, I mean, I think we learned a lot about hygiene and like mm-hmm. bacteria and stuff, um, but like now it's like, like like what you said, if you're sick, like you're fine, like just go home or something. No one's really worried about actually getting COVID anymore, at least to my knowledge, like the people. To I'm, my knowledge too. Yeah. I, I go out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I same. go everywhere and I don't ever see any signs of it. The only time I've gone to a couple shops on the north side, I'll leave the, the neighborhood out of it, but let's just say it's not Avondale. <laughs> and there's a, like, I've been to shops there where they still say like, like strongly, recommend you wear a mask and everyone in there is wearing masks. You get looks if you don't. But that, I mean, I've been everywhere the last year and that is the only place I saw. So it's not a lot. It's really not. It's a very small percentage, which is, it's fine and it is what it is. But what I'm getting at is just, it's not so much in society Mm -hmm. like it used to be. Mm -hmm. I am fine with people having their choices about it, but it's just not such a big conversation. I know, I know. And now it's... You know, cryptocurrency and forest fires and presidential, you know, and submersibles going to Mm. see the Titanic. Like, it's just like everything else. It's whatever the next hot thing is. Yeah. Picks up, you know. Yeah. And I guess we could bring it full circles to why jazz isn't bigger. Uh, Because it doesn't have that hot pizzazz that can keep, like what pop music has. Yeah. It doesn't have the glitter dress. It doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the red carpet. It doesn't have... Those things. I don't know why it doesn't mm-hmm. because there's plenty of people that are young doing it that yeah. can like bring up that culture. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning every day like what it is and like the history of it is also super important to like mm-hmm. if you want to like fully embody the music and like be a participant like as I am, like, you know especially people that look like me, like we have to be conscious of the fact that like we're just visitors in this music Mm -hmm. based off of the history of it. Like you can't just like 
disrespect it and come in with your ego and just be like, I'm the best like jazz musician to live and like not pay attention to the history and not have an understanding of it and like not um, embrace the cultural aspect of it mm-hmm. and just be like, let's call standard, like, let's just do it right here, you know? And like, it, there's, it's interesting how, at least from like the four years that like I've been kind of in the scene, <laughs> like what I've witnessed, um, how people like approach jam sessions or like the music in general. So it's just, there's, there's so many sides to it. Like there's so many different types of people, so many different perspectives within the music and um and it's so funny because it's such a small percentage of people too but it's so widespread Mm -hmm. and like yeah I mean I hate that there's like so many politics within (laughs) it it's kind of ridiculous yeah let us know what's the juice I don't even know politics she's like oh crap I don't even know (laughs) (laughs) everyone like I mean I'm not gonna say everyone that's (laughs) too big of a generalization but I, you know, I was just talking to like, I don't want to say like an elder because they're not like that much older, but like, <laughs> how old are they? Like 40. <laughs> You're so young. I was talking to this old hag the other day. I don't know. That's like the lingo. When you're 22, everyone is so old, right? <laughs> no, but like when you're 22 and a jazz musician, it's like your friends are 40. Oh, yeah. It's or so 60 weird. or 70. Like people that I, like my friends from high school, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out and like we're going to go play music. And she's like, how old are they? Like, how old is everyone in this room? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like 40, 30, 40. And she's like, what the? <laughs> like, I'm still going to clubs and stuff. Isn't and I'm that like, funny? I'm not. <laughs> oh, you don't go to clubs anymore? No, that ended. That ended RIP. after COVID? Done. Do you, would you say that COVID helped you then? It forced you to just focus on school? I Because the club I, life I say, can take up a lot of time. You know, I wasn't even like that big into the club life. I just like hung out with like my friends and like it was a good time. You're it was 18. A, it was a fun You're time. In college. Exactly. It I was makes 18. Sense. Had a fake ID. You know, the <gasps> classic. I Did know. You? How'd you get it? <laughs> so everyone in my dorm, like there was like, I think at least 10 people got in on this order. And it's like the more people that you got, cheaper. Cheaper. Classic I got bulk two, price. Costco. Yes. The Costco of IDs. <laughs> It was so clutch. I was from Pennsylvania or something. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. And it was actually your photo? It was my photo. Nice. My it favorite worked? are the ones that just are doppelganger. Mm. I never needed one, if you can't tell. <laughs> I have never needed an ID. That's so funny. I don't get checked for IDs unless I'm with people who mm-hmm. are a lot younger or look younger. Um, yeah, I don't get – the other day I went to the type of store, like a jewel or a Whole Foods. What was it? It was a store where they always check. They check everyone's because mm-hmm. they have to like scan and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And I forget what grocery store. I think it was a Joel Osco mm-hmm. to buy beer. And I buy it and the person's like, uh, ID and I'm like looking for it. I forgot it left <laughs> in a different shorts. Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't have my ID. Yeah. And I'm like, but just look at me. And I just stared at him. He's like, okay. And he just let me go. <laughs> He's like, you're right. I was like... That's so funny. I was like, I don't know. I, I forgot it. I never forget. I forgot it. Like, just do I have to take, like, look at this chest. That's like, I am so funny. a man. Like, people think I'm old. Like, <laughs> I've, I've always, at your age, people thought I was 30. At 16, people thought I was 21. Man. I didn't drink, though. So I never got to use. My friends hated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, dude, you can buy us beer. But, like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything like like that. And... Um, it's just funny, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lot harder for, for women. They don't, t- they tend not to age like in that yeah. way where they look older. Right. Because you don't have the beard thing. You yeah. don't have the chest hair thing. Right. 
some of you might Unfortunately, know. Unfortunately. You don't have the types of things that can make you look older like a, like yeah. a, a man can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's cool. You had a fake ID. That's fun. I loved it. That's fun. I never had one, but that sounds fun. <laughs> well, I love like getting like ID'd now because it's like, I have a real one. Oh my God. You're so young. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe I can show you my real one. I've been using it for one year. One year. And four months. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so cool. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I love it. That's funny. But I don't drink either. Oh, really? No, not, not a big drinker. I drink, but not, not that much. Oh, okay, Usually okay. like, then I didn't. When gotcha, I was like, gotcha. back then, like at your age, it was once or twice a year. Mm. Like New Year's, birthday. Fourth of July, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe a random one, not much. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I hated how it made me feel. Yeah. I don't like anger. I still don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate that feeling. I'm really, I'm not that fun to drink with because I'm very like mature about it. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I have to like drink the whole bottle of water. Yeah, per every drink I have, you know, really? I, I always drink like a nice coconut huh. water. Then I have one at the end of the night, and then I have one the next morning. So if I'm gonna have a night of drinking, like say like oh. We're going out Saturday. I'm buying three coconut waters. Wow. Buy one before I go. I drink it. When I get home, even if it's late and I have to wake up to pee more, it, the hydration is important for the whole headache <laughs> issue. And then the next morning, I'm going to drink it. And I pace myself. I don't really like mixed drinks. I don't like sugar. Mm-hmm. So I'll only drink stuff neat. Mm. Or like, you know, yeah. So I'm just like not... <laughs> As fun to do it as yeah. I, I don't do the going out thing like that. Yeah, like I'll go out, either. but not like that. I go to like jazz clubs. And yeah, I'll get a wine. like the green, <laughs> the green Mill. Yeah, go there, get a drink, right. watch the music. When we have two, and like that's it. Exactly, you know, it's perfect. Yeah, I just can't get with it. No, Never could actually. It's so much money. It's very expensive. Like I always say, the best bar is my house. I have a great <laughs> sound system. I have a refrigerator. I have a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it's clean. It's mm. like, why would I spend, you know, $150? Right. Because I it also, unfortunately, I got the Mickey Mantle gene, if you know what that is. No, what it's is like, that? It's like, it's made up. It, oh. You know the baseball player, Mickey Mantle? He's mm-hmm. like a f- really famous baseball player from like the 50s and 60s. Okay. He was known to be able to have copious amounts of drugs and alcohol. Mm. And like, it doesn't affect him much. Whoa. I unfortunately have that where I could drink all night and barely get drunk. Heavyweight. I don't, yeah, yeah, I guess you call me, you call me heavyweight or yeah. they call it Mickey Mantle gene. It's the same with smoking. It's the same with anything. Wow. Uh, it's annoying. It's great if you don't want to get messed up, if you still have to drive or whatever, but right. it's not fun financially. Mm. Very expensive. That's funny. Yeah, I'm the epitome of like a lightweight. Yeah, I bet. And so I was like, I just, I don't enjoy this. <laughs> right, I'm sure one drink me. you probably start to feel yeah, it's drunk right away. Yeah, more than yeah. <laughs> one drink I'm like this is a waste I have to get like six in to feel something oh wow <laughs> yeah, it sucks it's interesting it's not fun <laughs> it really isn't but hey what are you gonna do the Mickey Mantle gene but yeah so you're going to you step on the clubs and mm-hmm. now you just perform a lot yeah oh when did I start performing right you asked me I that. don't know where we are we're, it's okay we, <laughs> I know we're, we're going everywhere. far we're going far I love it though yeah. I'm here for it <laughs> yeah when did you start performing in clubs um during the pandemic were you able to do it underage you yeah. just had to like show ID and stuff yeah I know um, certain places are iffy about it you know well I used to go to like like my freshman year right that's like right before the pandemic so I went to as many jam sessions as I could whenever I could like hit that really hard, get to know people, learn things from these people that have been doing this for years. Um, 
you know, pandemic hits, can't do that anymore mm-hmm. as much. Um, so I would say like my first like gig from like with my name was at the Fulton Street Collective. Oh, nice. Because they were like live streaming music like religiously mm-hmm. during the pandemic, which was like really healing. Like it was really nice to like still be in touch with that side of seeing performances at least like getting to hear live music in that sense even if it was on my computer you know like it was still like oh thank god like these people are still making music and it's incredible and it feels good to like even receive it like this to this capacity Mm -hmm. um and you know it's it's a funny story because um that gig that we had at the fulton street it was with my combo that i was assigned for that year Uh, like it was like an academic like one of my credits like you had to be in a combo basically which Mm. is just like a rhythm section and I think I had a horn player too but we tried to like meet up in person and like we we meet we met up outside like this is my sophomore year and we met up outside um in the fall like on the quad of DePaul and just like played and it felt so good it's a good quad Yeah. Yeah. And then our, you know, our dean or whoever found out and was like, this is not allowed. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? All right, that's cool. So I, you know, I just picked the same band and we performed like all the music that we were working on, Mm -hmm. like via Zoom. And we just performed it at the Fulton Street and it was live streamed. Oh, nice. So I would say that's probably the first like real gig. You didn't want to go to like a park nearby since you would meet at the quad anyway? We couldn't. We were not allowed to meet. Like under academic oh, supervision, right? Well, yeah, our, our we had fake IDs. Who needs to know what's what? <laughs> but yeah, no, our combo like leader, director, whatever, she couldn't like come watch, and like that um, was that kind of sucked, you know. It's called combo. I always thought combo was two. It sounds more like a trio, but it's called a combo. Yeah, they called it yeah combo, and it was yeah drums, bass, piano, and we got a horn player. Oh, so five. Yeah. Okay. And do you? uh so you, you started doing that. And when did you start performing a lot of, like, jazz clubs or any clubs? Um, I got to think. I don't know. I just kind of, like, did gigs here and there. Like, a lot of private gigs to start with just because, like, the pandemic, not many, like, performance Yeah. Things. Weddings private? Uh, not Big Wedding Girl. Not a big wedding. No, I mean, no one's a wedding. It's hard. <laughs> For those who don't know, no one likes performing at a wedding. I, I've done it. I've done everything yeah. at a wedding. I put them on. Oh. I've done the sound. I've done the video. I've done Ooh. the camera. I've yeah. done the setup. I've done the bands. I've done the performing. done the live sound for the bands. Yeah. I've done everything. Yeah. It's, I would love to never work a wedding again. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. But... I know a ton of bands who do it mm-hmm. because they pay so well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It can they like, do. They it really could, do. It could like substitute so much yeah. of your, yeah. You're yeah. like, <laughs> your face right now. It's so, You're, it's You look dark. so defeated. <laughs> it's so dark. You're it's, just like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I've done, I've done like a few of them and like, I'm trying to like stay away from that, but obviously I think I, I'm going to have to <laughs> dabble in it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing. You no. could be, well, there's nothing against this, but you could be bagging at a store or flipping burgers at McDonald's, yeah. which I always I always tell my students this because they always have these qualms with doing um, production, music stuff, 
And I'm like, you're going to have to do some gigs you don't like, but guess what? You're doing a gig because you right. could be moving right. boxes. You're doing you could what? be swinging a hammer. Right. You're still doing it in the field. Right. It's just totally the agree. field is wide. I know. And sometimes it's a commercial and sometimes it's a wedding and sometimes it's a you know, retirement party mm-hmm. or a birthday party or an anniversary, whatever. Are you getting experience? Are you making connections? Are you getting paid? And are you going down the path? Mm-hmm. The path just might be a little wide, but like go keep going down it. Mm-hmm. And totally, you know, that's what I always, you know, tell myself when I've had a lot of friends be like, why don't you do this or that? It's like, I'm just sticking within the audio video production world. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other jobs I could do, but then they take away from this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather even do stuff I'm not really into. I'd rather still stay in this world than dip into another world where you have like a salary and a 401k and it's mm-hmm. i mean I, I teach so that helps but it i teach what i do mm-hmm. but yeah I, I recommend anyone just like stick stick to it because it will you will eventually get out of doing weddings and yeah maybe you do it for like a close friend you know you still have that skill set and that Definitely. knowledge you could do it for like a, a sibling or a close friend but you don't have to like do it for random people right you know but yeah there is a lot of money in it yeah i know i know <laughs> Uh, it's such a, <laughs> uh, you're so upset. You're We're like, both just like God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. know. I I've had people ask um, certain gigs as of late. I'm like, I, I don't. Do, I can't do that. Right now. Like I yeah. could. But I also like right. start to choose. Like, do I want you know a thousand dollars or do I want my weekends back? Because mm. I, I worked weekends forever mm-hmm. I, up until the pandemic. I worked every weekend wow. for like 15 years. Yeah. So I. Don't know what it was like to go out. Yeah. And because musicians are free on weekends. Yeah. At least during the day, um, you know, and they might work during the week so they could do stuff on the weekend. So it was hard. It was hard to like not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say at your age, it's good that you even are starting to think about being selective because sometimes sure. it, sometimes people get lost mm-hmm. in it and they lock themselves in. They, they don't do enough of the, the gigs they want to do. And they start doing more of the ones that just keep paying the corporate mm, stuff. Yeah. And they like they end up just doing only that. Yeah. And they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. And they excel. Oh, yeah. And they get to have, you know, get hired for the governor's daughter's wedding. And <laughs> see if they get paid 10 grand. Mm. You know, big band stuff, white suits. You oh, know man. what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's like then you get locked into that. And then say goodbye to your Saturdays and Sundays all mm. summer. Right. You know, your summer's gone. Super busy. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about jazz, though. When I think about jazz, I'm like, oh, cocktail hour. I you know. know. It's not always, it doesn't always look like that, though. No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, that's what people think of, like, oh, like, I'm having drinks and someone's playing jazz in the right. background while we wait. An hour. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm not saying, like, that's what it is. I'm saying a lot of people just think of, like, weddings or parties sure. or an elevator. I'm like, oh, jazz. <laughs> Definitely. You know? I agree. Yeah. There's so much to explore in it. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Mm-hmm. What, what what are you exploring right now? Right now? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. She's exploring the red table right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, you know, I, I have, um, like, right now, right now? In this very moment. Okay. No, like, in general, you know, as <laughs> well, of late. Very, very right now in this moment. Um, I have like um, a few gigs coming up. I have one at Andy's on the Sunday night. So just getting ready for that. 
Um, I have a showcase gig coming up in September. I'm at Winters in August. So just like that keeps me very like stable. Like or, like this is what I can like meditate on. Like this is what I can like look at and study and like learn the music for and just like be as ready as I possibly can be. Mm-hmm. That keeps me sane <laughs> mm-hmm. outside of the like I just graduated existential what the F am I doing with my life? <laughs> You're going to go into biology. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, fun fact, fun fact, I did um, dental assist a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun fact. I know. So oh, How was it? You're very, you're very like. All over the place. I know. <laughs> oh my God. I did this. What was it? When, when did you do this? So uh, just some like background info. My On my dad's side, they're like all dentists. Like they all come out from like this lineage of dentistry. Um, Weird. I know. It's really random, but they love it. And they, it's just, this explains your nice teeth. I, you know, am very blessed. <laughs> I'm lucky to be in the family. Was your dad a dentist? He's a periodontist. So he works like with gums and stuff. Oh. He does like root canals and stuff. Fun stuff like that. Um. <laughs> Sounds like, I have, I'll, I have a story to tell you after this. I have a bone to pick with the dentist. Industry. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm upset with your father. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, my my cousin, she's a general dentist. So she does, like, cleanings, um, cavities, aesthetic work, like, anything. Like, you name it under, like, the general umbrella of dentistry. And so she needed an assistant. She was only working part-time because she has three kids. And um, she, like, needed a dental assistant. I was like, I can do it, like, on these days that you're working, like, my classes don't fall in that time and I have Tuesdays, Thursdays off, like I'll come work for you. And so I started to learn on the job how to assist for a dentist. Um, and I did that all of my last year, my, my senior year of college. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Try some was. nasty stuff you see, I'm sure. You know, I was kind of like used to it because my dad would come home and like show us pictures of like mm. things. He, he was like so proud. He'd like show us pictures. He'd like, look what I did today. <laughs> It was the most grossest thing ever. And then you just kind of get like numb to it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I love dentists. Never had an issue with dentists. I've had the same dentist my whole life. What's your issue with dentists? Well, you see, I had to have a root canal, not a root canal, a wisdom tooth removed. Yeah. I had two of them. Mm -hmm. Bottom, back, both of them. Yes. Had again removed because they gave me these terrible headaches. Oh, man. Hitting a nerve. Yes. And I go, I don't know how much of this I could tell for legal reasons, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell some of it. I go to the dentist last April. It might have been whatever dentist can do surgery and put you under. I guess some dentists can. I don't know. I know there's sure. different specialties. Definitely. And it's the one that's through my insurance. So it's not the one I normally go to. And they put me down with an IV mm-hmm. type thing. And uh, I wake up choking to death. What? Can't breathe. No. Blood, my mouth, no teeth removed, (gasps) and I cannot breathe. I literally, my throat is completely closed. And I I will leave out details for legal (laughs) reasons, but they may have used too much Novocaine and it numbed my throat. And I, my muscles in my throat weren't working. I, this is my guess. Okay. I have no idea. Okay. Were you allergic to the anesthetic? 
I don't, I don't know. I've gone under when I was a baby. I had surgeries. So you were fine before. Three surgeries I went under oh as a kid gosh. and no issues. Mm-hmm. All I got to say is it was awful and terrifying. I still have those teeth. They have never been removed. No. I'm afraid to go no. anywhere ever again. Oh, no. I couldn't breathe the whole day. I couldn't. For the first couple hours I'm in there, I had to hold the tube down my throat <gasps> because if I took it out, it would just, I couldn't breathe. Oh, I was no. choking on stuff. The whole night I was choking, I finally. The, the numbing went away. Yeah. And I was able to breathe, but it was like really sore. My throat, it felt like I was, I was probably not too far away from dying, to be honest. And it felt like I was choking and coughing for like a whole night. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have like a really sore throat from like coughing? And sure. Choking? It just felt like that times a million, like so abrasive. It hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And then I have this hole in my mouth that I have, I still to this day have it. And it's awful and it's, it's gross, but things are always stuck in it. And I still have to clean it every day. And the first month while I was healing, I had to use a syringe, mm-hmm. yeah, which was the worst yeah. pain ever because it's cold water onto an open mm. mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. my story. And yeah. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I don't know. It's really dark. I'm was, so sorry. Yeah, it was that's terrible. That's an awful experience. It was bad. <laughs> it was I think so a bad. lot of people hate the dentist for like those types of stories. Yeah. I'm like, how am I supposed to go over? Like, I need to get him removed. I'm going to be, I, I was joking with this guy. I kept writing down because I couldn't talk. I kept writing like, let's use bourbon next time. He was, he was not happy with me. But I said, hey, that's what you get for screwing right, me like, up. What? Are you like, kidding? I was, I was just like, I'm just going to get drunk next time. Like, I'm not going yeah. there. Like, just give me what? bourbon. Might need a well, lot of it. You know what? When I got my wisdom teeth out, I was awake. Yeah. They just numb me up. I have a high p- pain tolerance. So yeah. just numb me up. Yeah. And uh, that, that is what it is. That might be like the move. <sighs> but I'm like, what about in the future when I have to go under? I have to find out if I have an issue. Because like, what about yeah. when I'm an old man and I'm 40 and I have to get a colonoscopy? Hey. I got to go under. Hey. Don't put me under. <laughs> Don't put me under. I'm good with pain. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm good with pain. It's fine. It's nothing I haven't done. It's all good. <laughs> I will say when you wake up from a colonoscopy, like the anesthetic is oh, you know. the best feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why does she know about Oh, wait. You said it. Was I like, just had my third one, like this last oh weekend. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke. Like, I go every week. It's great. Every year. Every year. Every forever. Year. And I have to go every year. Hopefully not. I am getting better. She just, my last. Like, recent update was 60% better. 60%? I know. Look at that. I know. But yeah, no, I would definitely check that out. Every- <laughs> Make sure you're not <laughs> like, allergic to that. Just had my third one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the anesthetic is nice. It's nice. When you I, wake up. So I don't know if it was the anesthetic or if it was the no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because it. Okay. I Again, I don't want to say. I could tell you off mic because, you know. No, I totally might, understand. There might be things uh, in, in the process, in the works. But, yeah, no. Someone must made a mistake somewhere. Yeah, that's really messed up. Yeah, it was terrible. And mm-hmm. my, my friend Trevor, who you met, mm-hmm. was the one who picked me up because mm-hmm. I couldn't drive. Yeah. That poor man had to deal with, like, he's in the waiting room. And they're mm-hmm. like, you got to come in. And he comes in there. I'm just like, Rah, just like choking oh, up exorcist style. Gosh. And he's just like, what? What's going on? He, was, he just thought he was picking me up, taking me home because I can't legally drive. Right. That's it. That's no, procedure. He, yeah, he was just like. What the heck was going on? He dropped me off. Comes back a couple hours later. He's like, dude, it was so bad. But I'm glad he was there because he was uh, a witness to something. So it was actually a good thing he was there. Yeah, it was terrible. But I've only ever had good experiences with doctors. Mm. I had some serious surgeries as a baby and like Mm -hmm. they saved my life. So 
I don't have an issue with doctors. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a stat person. Um, it's like that person that says they don't wear seatbelts because they're, they know someone who died mm. in a car accident wearing a seatbelt. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Coming from someone, I just was in a major car accident a couple weeks ago. It was fun. What? Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, my God. I uh, hydroplane. You know the day of NASCAR, all that rain mm-hmm. we got? Mm-hmm. Like the most rain we've ever had oh my God, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a record. I hydroplaned an I-90 and went 60 into a concrete wall. And thank God for seatbelts. <laughs> so I'm a big um, proponent for seatbelts. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. I'm glad you're okay. Airbags exploded. God. Car got totaled. I'm carless right now. Oh, God. I'm in the process of getting a new one. I know. I just got these great stories. <laughs> but, man, did you ever ha- get in a car accident and airbags go off? No. It's crazy. It's really? so loud. It's like this explosion. There's so much dust and smoke everywhere. You, I thought the car was on fire because yeah. it's like smoke. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is an explosion. I mean, the seatbelt worked so well, I didn't even hit the airbag. Oh, nice. Like, it just kept me like this. My neck was sore for like two days. Yeah, yeah. And then my collarbone collarbone was a little sore for like a day. Yeah. I was fine, though. Um, but the airbags went off and like the side, the passenger one smashed, like it explodes out and up and it smashed the windshield. Like it came out with so much force that it just like destroyed the windshield. It's crazy. But yeah, I hit a, a hydroplane. We we're just driving, sort of monsooning. So mm-hmm. I slowed down. Yeah, it, it kept. It got worse. Oh, so I slowed God. down again, and on my second like brake hit, yeah. my car just like went, it went like sideways and just <gasps> straight into a wall. Oh. And I, I just like couldn't do anything about That's it. It was so just scary. it was so random. Yeah, there was no one around. Just oh, driving. thank God. The scary part was after I hit, I thought someone's gonna hit me because right. we're can't. parked on I ninety where there is no shoulder. It was like concrete median a foot and then like that yellow line and now you're in the fast left lane yeah so my car is protruding out and anyone could be hitting me going yeah. 60 70 80 miles an hour so i couldn't even get out of the car i'm just sitting there like and the car is freaking out because it's like you know oh, it's a modern car yeah. so it's just like this voice this computer's like we detect emergency should we call the police are you alive like should we note like Whoa. get an ambulance like which is great that's cool if you're yeah. hurt or unconscious they will send help which wow. is really nice but it was so annoying because, like, I'm fine. I don't need it. I'm try- trying to turn it off, <laughs> trying to, like, relax. It's pouring rain. I can't see. I hope- I'm looking in my mirror to see if a car is going to come ram into me. So it's just, like, it's chaos. Whoa. But, yeah. I don't know. It's okay. I'm here now. Oh, man. Thank so, God. surgeries, cars. Thank God for insurance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's – I remember driving in that – it was bad. Really It was scary. out of nowhere. It was just like I fine. Know. And then yeah. it just, bam, it just hit. Yeah. And then the NASCAR thing got pushed, which I was bummed out about because we were like having a party here. Yeah. That's so much I was like unaffected by this car accident. I still had a party that day. <laughs> I like warned everyone like, yeah, I just told my car, but come on by at five. Pizza, oh my gosh. You know? That's so funny. And they're like, why are you all right? I'm like, yeah. Worst things have happened. Oh. Literally. So like, whatever. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well... When there's <laughs> valleys, there's peaks, you know? Yeah. So hopefully something really good is going to come. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe my next car will be really awesome. Yeah. Hmm. What, kind of, what kind of car do you have? Mazda. Mazda. Passed down from my mother. <laughs> We're a Mazda family. Mother's Mazda. <laughs> yeah. Mother's Mazda. And so you, your mom's an accountant, you said? Yeah, now she is. Your dad's a dentist? Yes. Very classic suburban, like yeah. very like accountant and a dentist, <laughs> and white picket fence. You know, you know it's so funny because 
they met like in the 90s or something when my mom immigrated over here. She like. Oh, yeah, that's it. I just realized if she's Russian, she would have had to have come here. In the oh, 90s. yeah. It was very hard. Yes. Before yeah, that. That's correct. Before 89? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's the year I was born. Hey, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Yeah, she had to like kind of, you know, lie her way into it a little bit because like, she had to tell them she was only coming for like a work visit or just like something. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to make something up. And then, it was so easy back then. But then like, she just never came back and got herself a little visa and whatever else at the time. It's so different yeah. now. You you can't do that. You now. can't. You can't be like, oh, I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. Especially from like a country that was just like the communist regime was just torn down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It'd be like, mm, I don't know about that. <clears throat> like my grandpa's from Mexico mm-hmm. and how he came here is he just came here mm-hmm. in the 40s during like, the war. And he just like came here. Started working mm-hmm. and just like applied to be like a legal alien or whatever mm-hmm. green card and like that's it. It was, it was just yeah. so easy. Like there was no roadblocks mm-hmm. that I'm aware of, you know. And now it's like it's a process now, especially depending on what country you're coming from mm-hmm. and what age you are and what you've done and who you are. It's like not easy. Yeah, it's very weird. It's interesting the other way. Because I know a lot of people from other countries, and they're like, you, you're lucky you're American. You can just, like, go to places. It's crazy. Like, if we wanted to just go to the Middle East or a yeah. place in Africa or South America, we just go. Yeah. They can't just be like, no. hey, I'm going to go to America real quick just because. No. Can't. Like, if I have a passport mm-hmm. and I buy an airplane ticket to, I'm trying to think of a complicated, like Saudi Arabia or I- Iran or, I don't know, like, Colombia. Yeah. I could just go tonight. Yeah. I can just go. I know. And just be like, what are you doing here? I'm just on vacation. vacation. Okay. How long are you staying? Oh, a week. You got a return ticket? Yep. Okay. That's it. No questions. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that. It's crazy. But all the, all the way around, I have people like, no, nah, I can't go. I got to wait like a year. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why? Like, yeah, I got to enter this lottery, this, this, and then. I'm like, what? You need like a visa? Like, I know a bunch of musicians on like a work visa or like school is mm-hmm. the reason why they can even be here. School, like, work. And they're, like, some of the best people, like, some of the best musicians on the scene. And I'm yeah. like, if you're not here, what are we going to do without you? It's will, yeah. so dark. Like, it's crazy. It is. Very, we're very lucky. Yeah. We we can kind of do whatever we want within our continental U.S. And I don't know many countries we can't go to. I'm sure there's a couple. Mm-hmm. Probably just hate us or something. But we can kind of just go freely. Yeah. Um, I heard that there was this new European passport. That's coming out next year where you have to do an extra background check. It's so bizarre because there's this new driver's license one. You know what I'm talking about? Like the star, the special no. ID. What? You know, no. You know about this? No, they no. keep postponing it because of COVID. Oh. Okay. There's like – it's so goofy. There's a special ID that you need to get if you want to travel on airplanes, I believe. And maybe some other things, but if you want to travel on an airplane – in continental U.S., mm-hmm. you have to use a special ID. You can't just use, like, your driver's license. It, has to be a, it is a driver's license, but it's, like, a special one okay. that has a more in-depth background check. Mm. Okay. My knowledge is, don't we already have that with the passport? Okay. So then you can say, well, not everyone has a passport. Okay. But when you get a passport, they do this extensive background check. Why don't they just do that for your ID and your ID is the... That is the universal right, that's one. The thing. Like, why don't we have universal? I don't know. I'm sure there's something complicated behind it. 
But now with passports, I guess with Europe, I heard that they're going to do even more extensive. And it's like, how extensive? I thought the passport was the extensive one, like the world background check. Like all, like why it takes eight weeks is because all of the world's agencies have their webs connected and they make sure you, they check Interpol and mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, FBI and whatever. Every country has their own version. They just check them all. Person's cool. But I guess there's another layer to it, you know, and they're going to make it even harder <laughs> to travel. Like you have to pass another one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a little bit harder now. But yeah. And that that passport thing or the uh, the visa, yeah. the, the uh, musician's visa, it's like a, a special visa you can get for exceptional skill in a creative endeavor. Yeah. I think it's something like that. It's like a work visa and you need like a valid reason to yeah. stay. And it's like, what the? Like, mm-hmm. I know. And we, I'm sure it's like much harder to convince like on a musician's like... I think I, I have friends who, who yeah. have that, who yeah. got that visa, and I also have friends who are immigration lawyers mm-hmm. who play music. And he was actually on this podcast, and he explained that um, the one where you get for being exceptional at, like, uh, music or art, you have to, like, prove it through, like, your circles. You have to have, like, have awards, be nominated for stuff, have albums out, show that you've played concerts. You have to have, like, a huge body of work to mm-hmm. like, apply for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, but, yeah. And then there's this weird one. It's a, just a lottery. Just anyone, yeah. could, like, anyone can say you're from Croatia and you want to come to America. Sure. You sign up for the lottery, and if you get it, you get to go. It has nothing to do with any merit or any background. Just mm-hmm. need to go. Which That's a weird one, too. It's like, wait, all these people wait all these years and try so hard, and you get to just go from this lottery? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure your mom has some interesting stories. Oh, she does. She absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. As like a woman, a Jewish woman in Russia, oh they God. hated them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like hated the Jews. <laughs> so she she went through it. Oh, my gosh. And she's so smart. Like that woman is so smart. You know, like she went to like the like Moscow engineering school of whatever, you know, like oh, wow. it was great. Um, I mean, her like her dad and her brother also engineers as well okay. so it just kind of like ran in the family and like she had that in her and yeah I, she's told me some pretty insane stories of just crazy like like she was in this one class and the teacher like gave her c's and like didn't let her pass and she was like the only woman in the class <laughs> and like she like would study really hard like she's very like hardworking, like gonna study till I get it type of person mm-hmm. and like they were like no <laughs> sorry because she's a Jewish woman mm-hmm. wow. don't like you <laughs> it was like that you know and, like, and being I mean even if you aren't Jewish being a woman in engineering classes and sure uh, how, what, was she born in the 70s she was born 66 66 okay yeah. so she was probably in the mid 80s going to college which right. was yeah it was probably terrible yeah even like women have not been the most accepted into the STEM world right. in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like since they've kind of been allowed to be in it, they've not really been accepted into it. And the music world, <laughs> can't forget. The music world <laughs> crazy. is, well, I'll say is like a couple, Yeah, it's like a notch better, but it's not no. great. Yeah, But it's like slightly better because it, it hovers around creativity, which has more leeway than like, right strict empirical knowledge of like 
this is engineering, this is mathematics, right. this is, and that is a very um, traditionally laborious thing that has been put towards mm-hmm. men. Yeah, I've read a, I don't want to go down that hormone, but I've read a lot about it out of curiosity. Because I was like, I have a mom, I have a sister, I have, I have a girlfriend, I've dated different women, I work with a lot of women, I should probably know more mm-hmm. about women. <laughs> you know, and I don't think enough men have this epiphany, mm-hmm. so I've been deliberately reading books about women or yeah. things like that in many different industries. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot, and yeah, the engineering world, like what IBM did with computer science in the 60s was very nefarious. They had they had t- certain standardized tests for women or for people to get in, but they completely made it aimed towards men, mm. like psychologically and sociologically, mm. especially back then, mm-hmm. to where women, it would be hard to even pass it because of the way they were brought up. Mm-hmm. The things they asked don't make sense. No. And then if they did get through it, the way they were treated was either one or two ways. You either are treated poorly for being a woman or the men this is actually kind of funny the men are such like shut-in nerd hermit recluse types because they're engineers and all they do is think (laughs) that they don't even know how to talk to them and they get so nervous and awkward that they accidentally like shun you and push you away because they're such for lack of better words dweebs nerds dorks like they don't have social skills like i don't know how else to put it they just been had they had their face in a book their whole life and then a woman's in the room for the first time, and it's 1968, and they're just like, uh, right. and then the woman's like, well, she just feels weird because <laughs> yeah. all the guys are acting weird around yeah. her. Half because they're like, oh, you're a woman, you don't belong. And another half, it's like, I don't even know how to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, it it's a lose-lose, and it took a long time, took many years for that to kind of, and it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I went to Columbia for audio production, I had a lot of classes that were just guys. Mm -hmm. And then I had a couple that had like one or two women. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Art Institute got a little bit better, but that school's primarily women anyway because most art institutes of any kind are female-dominated. Women tend to go into fine art more. Um, But in engineering, whereas Columbia's more of an engineering school for audio, that one was more men. And then when I went to the Art Institute for my master's, that one's more fine art, had more women. But I've noticed most audio production courses tend to be a lot of guys. And then when I started teaching at ISU, I noticed that it was like 75% men, 25% women. And then I had one class ever that was like 50-50. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, okay, getting Mm -hmm. some more women in here. That's cool. Um, Yeah, but... The music industry is definitely still more more men by a lot, <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> well, if you look at, like, the statistics for, like, let's just say, like, the academic setting of, like, going to jazz school at a conservatory, like, outside of, like, anything else, like, classical, like, you just look at the jazz program, at least in my experience. Like, I was the only female coming into my class of, like, jazz studies. Whoa. Um, I mean, it's a small program totally understandable but it was like just a lot of white boys <laughs> yeah coming in playing different instruments and like that was those were my friends and like that was my class and I remember just like always hanging out with them going to jam sessions playing with them and just like that was like my normal thing until one of my best friends like I mean she also started at the same time it, she was coming from a different school 
but she still had the same amount of like years and credits left. And we started to get closer my junior year, I think. So like two or three years ago, we started to get really close and we started talking about it and we were like, we're like the only women in this program. Like aside from like a handful, like you could probably count on like two hands how many girls were in the entire program. How many people are in the program? I'm trying to think how big the jazz hall is because that's like where we like always met. Um, I'd say maybe like 70 to like 100 people oh, total. Oh, a lot. Maybe. So we'll split like, it. We'll call throughout it, four years. We'll call it, oh, throughout four years, yeah. so not per year. No. So like 25 per year, 20 per year. That's generous, but yeah. Well, well my class was like 10. 10. 10 of us. And one or two least. girls. Yeah, and a lot of people did, like, um, you could, like, um, I forgot what it's called, but you can, like, specialize in jazz, but, like, you have a different minor or major, sorry. Okay. And so, like, there were a lot of people, like, in my vocal jazz group where it was, like, a lot of people were the same age, but they had different majors, but they were still doing, like, mm-hmm. jazz. So, yeah, it was it was very, it was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not used to that because, like, you know, I had so many girlfriends like in high school and then like yeah. <laughs> it was just like the complete opposite. And yeah, it was it was weird. And then like yeah, I'm not even gonna get into the whole like people hate singers type of thing. People hate singers? Yeah. What do you mean? Um I love singers. What's I know. wrong with singers? I love I love singers. But but um there's just like this stigma that like singers are not musicians. What? But there are musicians who can sing. Who said this? <laughs> Sounds like someone young. Uh, not gonna you <laughs> name names. Say, you don't have to say names. I get. I respect that. You gotta like. You can't leave me hanging. You you tell this to the wrong person. Oh gosh, it's, I, I know too much. It's just you can't leave me hanging on this. It's not just one person though. This is like kind of like a common thing. Even it, if was someone it professors. No, it's okay. not like a students. No one says it. It's like a thing. You it's feel just, it. It's a thing. And, like, it's just, like, the expectations. Like, you feel it. They're like, oh, what standard do you want to play? Like, it's going to be an outrageous key. Like, she's going to call G flat or something like that. Like, you know, and it's just, like. Backhanded stuff. Yeah. Jabs. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you, slides. Like, vibes. You, like, people would vibe vibes. you. Yeah. They vi- Why are they vibing me? Um, yeah. I know what you're saying, but yeah. that is crazy. I know. It's really dark. I could i would love to hear some i would debate that person to the grave yeah it's it's unfortunate because it's like like a lot of i'll just say like instrumentalists rely on singers for like some really good gigs like high paying gigs like those are those are the gigs you you want if you want to kind of like survive in this in this world (laughs) type of thing nobody i wouldn't say nobody very few people care about instrumental performances. Like. Yeah. Sounds like fireworks. Oh, you know, the socks. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how close you are. They're like right there. That's crazy. Um, mo- and I don't mean this in a weird way. I mean it in a creative, classy way. Like singing and the singer thing is like sexy. It's like attractive. It's like what makes people like literally – all music, and it's why people are kind of over classical music. Sure. Because classical music doesn't have singing, and it doesn't resonate with kids. It doesn't make sense. There is no language there for them to relate to. There are no mm. words, poetry. 
I'm not saying classical music isn't great. It's amazing. But you and I are people who are into music, so we're Less an exception to this. Okay. You take the average person like Snoozeville, classical, or Beethoven, you know, it ends there. Right. They're like, I'm over it. Unless it's in a movie, I don't need it. But guess what's going on in a movie? People are talking. There's dialogue. That's why classical music works. It mm. scores for films because mm. there's mm. other things to captivate you and visually. <laughs> so the voice is like the most prominent thing. It's the most important one. It's the most relatable one. We all have one. We can actually all use this instrument and hone in on it. And anyone who says that, unless they can back it up with like they have the best voice ever, which wouldn't make any sense because if you had a great voice, you wouldn't say it. But like singing is hard and to do it really well is yeah. hard and to do it at a level of precision and, and being in key and being able to hop around keys and be in time and have an actual enjoyable mm-hmm. timbre that's digestible by the masses. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing. You could be a great singer, but unless, which is almost no fault of your own, it's kind of like being a universally attractive person. It's like you just hit the genetic lottery. Mm-hmm. If you hit the genetic lottery with your timbre, it's a win. Yeah. If Whitney Houston had a different timbre, she wouldn't be Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Someone else would be. Right. So like your timbre, and for those who don't know, timbre is the tonal quality of your voice. It's what makes my voice, my C-sharp sound different from Julia C-sharp. We have different timbres. So, yeah, human voice is like the most important one. So anyone who would be like rude or kind of eh, jabbing little things. It's less about like, I mean, yeah, of course, that's, I totally agree. I, I think that's super important is like your individual sound makes you unique to anyone. But like, I think they were kind of caught up on like, regardless of what you even sound like, like you could sound great, but do you understand how music functions mm. i think that's where they were like functions like in terms of like do you know the changes do you understand the form like and like for that to like i kind of understand where they're coming from because it's like yes that's very important like that's music that's like your musicianship skills but like you also have to take the time to like cultivate that to learn how to do that like yeah. i was flipping the beat all the time, my fresh. I didn't know how to do that. Like, and then you learn and like, oh, I flipped the beat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not going to do that again, right? Mm-hmm. At least try not to. Or like learn the changes and there's like so much depth to that. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird discussion and like they don't like, men just don't like talking about that. And it's like. Specifically men. Yeah, they yeah. don't they don't like talking about it. And like, I would love yeah, I just I would love some like accountability, like hmm. some like responsibility, some like just like yeah, this is the truth about the scene. And as a male with a standing gig every week and just playing with like the same people, what can I do to be more inclusive to like the other amazing women or just people in general that mm-hmm. are on this scene? And like I just see people playing with the same people so much and there's nothing wrong with that like those are your boys i get it play with your boys (laughs) i love that for you but it doesn't hurt to like one gig just try at least not even for the gig like reach out to this person be like hey like we should play and like sounds like you're thinking of some people i i do (laughs) i I have a lot of opinions for sure but (laughs) that's that's good that's good i'm glad i this i what i told you before how i'm deliberately trying to be more aware of and learn yeah. more because you're right. Not enough men are socially taught or trained or whatever word you want to use to mm-hmm. 
be honest and like communicate and have exchange on a mature adult level mm-hmm. with women. It's it's always like you either like admire them from afar, hit right. on them, creepy, or yeah, yeah. You either like think about them, you actually hit on them, mm-hmm. or like you date them. Like there's this, that's it. But it's like there's a lot of room for a platonic exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. Trust me. Ben. I know. I know too. Ooh, trust me. <laughs> Have I been through it? Wow. Have I been through what it? What happened? I'm not a trained <laughs> therapist, but I could work on it. What do you have to Don't tell worry, me? Don't worry. I have a therapist. <laughs> Based <laughs> off the shit I went through. Sorry. <laughs> wow. What? Okay. It's all good. No and hard this feelings. This wasn't the colonoscopies. <laughs> no, those were more pleasant than. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The music industry has been hard, huh? Just specific. Okay, here, let me just, let me say this differently because no, you know, politics, right? So many politics within, within this. Um, as individuals, like we have different interactions with different people. Like we mesh or we don't mesh. And that's like a totally valid thing. And I see that and I respect that. And there are some people who I've interacted like on a deeper level or just like in general, like I don't mesh with because of some experiences that I've had, but like other people mesh with them because they don't have those experiences that I have or like it just, they just function differently. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into like detail here, like get into too much like of the politics or anything or like the interpersonal interactions that happen, you know, between like musicians especially someone like I was like pretty young and impressionable like I was someone I I I still am someone who likes to see the good in people and like the best in them and be like no like like never even come to the conclusion of like this could actually be a manipulative tactic this could actually be something that it doesn't look like Mm -hmm. um to as much as I understood at the time, right? As an 18-year-old impressionable out of high school, like being 22 and like looking back at that, even though that was like four years ago, I know it's not that long ago. I have learned so much and I have learned to just kind of like stay away from a lot of people and just Mm -hmm. keep my interactions short. Yeah. And just like I, it's not that like they're trust issues because like I'm a very trusting person, but it's like, I have to be very careful with who I interact. Don't want to give the wrong impression. They might think they might take my kindness, you know, the wrong way. That happens way too much. And like, you know, I don't go to jam sessions anymore. I don't really, you know, do that stuff anymore. I mean, I have a partner who I'm like very happy with and like, I don't really worry about a lot of like interactions outside of that anymore. Um, as much as I did when I was like kind of coming up in school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel very safe within that. And like my partner is like got my back, like 100%. Like he knows a lot that has happened. And like a lot of these people that have kind of, you know, I've had these really awful interactions with. He's a great guitar player, by the he way. He is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. I know. I called out what guitar he had when he came up with Yeah. The, went here. I was like, is that a, I, th- I believe it was him. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that a hollow body guild? Flat on strings. He's like, yeah, how'd you know? I was like. Jazz, <laughs> like I haven't recorded. Oh man, yeah, yeah, he can play for sure. Yeah, so it's nice to like have someone like that in your corner and like very, you know, we've built this relationship and it's like 
really beautiful. And that's like, you know, brings me back to my first point is like, we have people we have pleasant interactions with and we have people we don't have pleasant interactions with. And like, as someone that like has just kind of gone through it and like, I am the way that I am and just like a woman on the scene, like I am very selective now Mm -hmm. with who I give my energy to or who I have conversations with or who I'm open to talking to. Like it's, it's very like, I have a very like smaller circle and like, those are the people that I'm like, I'll talk to that I'll open up to. But it's like outside of that, like I just, the, you know, I probably won't make those same mistakes again, Mm -hmm. being in the position that I'm in, in my relationship. And just like, as like the person that I, have kind of like grown into and like have learned from those things are like less likely to happen. And I'm less likely to be tricked into something or Mm -hmm. manipulated into something or just something that doesn't have like the intention you think it is. Yeah. And as an 18 year old, you know, it's not cool. It's not cool. No, don't, don't mess with an 18 year old. Don't. Or 19. Or 19. Please. Thank you. Mess with people. (laughs) Your own, like, mindset, and that tends to be age. It can vary a little bit because everyone, you know, can be different ages with maturity. But you know when you see it. You know, as uh, as a good friend of mine always says, like, you know porn when you see it. Like, how, how do you know, like, like a, a sex scene in a movie? It's like, no, it's not. you just, you know it when you see it. Yeah. And you know when there's a weird thing going on when you see it. Versus like, oh, like, she's she's 30 and she's dating a 40-year-old. It's like, what's the context of their situation? Yeah. It's fine, fine. Yeah. Versus me dating like an 18-year-old at bank. What the actual F are you doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you teach college and don't you work yes. with like these kids? Thank you. It's like, there's, there's a context to it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird. And having so many students between like 18 and 25, I'm like, yeah. even you, I'm like, you guys are so young. Like, <laughs> you're just, it, it, you instantly just go to like, like, I'm going to give advice and help bubble. Yeah. Like, instantly. Yeah. Like, you just, you're like, it's just, I don't even understand how that works, but. Well, it's that mixed in with like a manipulative, like. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously it takes two to tango. Like I'm not like excusing myself from anything. It's just like I was impressionable. Like I was very right. gullible. Most, and any like, 18 year old is. It's okay Boy to develop girl, a crush. Matter. Like you can have a crush at a young age. Yeah. Doesn't mean you go for it. Doesn't mean it <laughs> happens and manifests. Like that's wrong. Was older person? Many. Oh, many. Yeah. Many older people. Yeah. Like at least... I'm not even going to I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to get I'm into sorry. it. No, no, no. It's, listen, it's like way past me and I'm not even like in that like vibe anymore. Yeah. And like, I'm not even like trying to, I'm not a victim of it. Like I have learned so much from it. Like, you know, everything happens and like you just, you kind of have to like roll with the punches and like learn what you learn from it and like I can't be like mad about it or sad about it or just like I can't hold on to that anymore like it's just baggage and I'm gonna leave it where it was and I'm gonna you know take the lessons that I learned from that and like be this person that I am today and like pick and choose what I want to take from that yeah you know wow I mean that's it's good and bad it's it's sad that you have to be this way at 22 like you're so young to be like 
cut, like put walls up. Mm. But it's like it's good that you know that and you're aware of it and you've yeah. learned enough. You have enough uh, insight to be like, this is where I am, where I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I I don't know. It's like more boys need better yeah. mom, mom and dad role models mm-hmm. and better siblings to set like all these things be better to establish the way you should interact with people, people's mm-hmm. intentions, to know not to take advantage of someone when they're in a vulnerable state, sure. a weak state, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I it's been it's been tricky because I I work with so many people, so many different ages, different yeah. boys, girls, men, women, you mm-hmm. name the whole thing, everyone. Yeah. And I just told myself many, many years ago, I was like, for me to have longevity in this, I need to, it's not even do anything inappropriate or creepy. It's like, just, you're not even going to date. Even if she's Shouldn't also even be a Thursday, it's, this is work. Right. That's private. Exactly. And I've always done that. And I'm grateful because it's everything I've ever done hasn't affected this. Mm-hmm. This has all been okay because I've kept them all separate forever. And... You know, a lot of people I know, when, if I was single, when I was, people big, like, you meet all the people, how do you have a hard, hard, hard time dating? It's like, I have a hard time dating because I'm deliberately staying outside of the people I meet, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which tends to be everyone I know. And everything I do is through something DZ related. So mm-hmm. it turns out to meet someone, I have to like go way outside of my bubble, which yeah. isn't really hard with the internet and I have a car and I'm sure. an adult. Yeah. But it takes effort. I have to like try mm-hmm. to do it, you know. And it, everything worked out. Yeah. But I had to always try and like stay outside of it and stay away yeah. from it. Like and just train myself to like, think that way. It's like, yeah, of course there's attractive people that I work with. Like I'm not I'm, I'm human. It's how you behave. It's your demeanor, it's your words, it's your physical way of doing stuff. You know, it's okay to hug someone. How are you hugging them? It's okay to shake their hands. Okay, to give them a compliment. And there's a way to do it, and you just know when you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. I've heard mm, a lot of bad stories from like what from your vantage point. Yeah, from a lot of women, and I've had them on this podcast or in private, and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it sucks because I I don't have any of those. I mean, I have like a story, but it had nothing to do with the music industry. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I hear it, when someone's trying to follow their dream, their childhood dream, their passion, they go to college for it, they play all these gigs, and these people are just Man. like ruining it for them. It's like, ah, oh, it's such a bummer. It's like, why does it have to yeah. be like that? It's like, I will say like, I'm grateful to be in the position that I'm in now. Because like if those things hadn't happened, yeah, I wouldn't have learned from that. And I wouldn't know who like, my circle is and like I'm that much closer to knowing who I want to play with who do I work well with like and even if it's like the 40 year olds that are like giving me great mentor advice like so be it like mm-hmm. I love that like thank you for being someone that looks out for me and understanding my experience and taking the time to listen to like you know those other experiences that I've had and not doing that you mm-hmm. know and I just, you know, I can't be hung up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can do is try to protect other women and other people uh, that, like, identify that way that, like, 
are new into this. And like, yeah. I, I never want someone to like go through some of the things that I've gone through. And it's just right. like, if you have, so- if I had someone there to tell me like, Julia, this may be not be like, this may not be like what you think it is. Like, you know, and it's hard to like see from that perspective, especially if you're not in it, like just like a mentor or someone like older or someone who knows that person. Like, it's hard to like know exactly what's going on. But, like, it's nice it, – I think it would be nice if, like, you know, for me to, for, for me to like, you know, step into that. And, like, I, I, I have. Like, yeah. I, I have taken that step before for, like, someone else and just been like, listen, this is the truth of what happened. And, like, it's kind of happening to you. And, like, I don't want you to, A, lose a lot of money or, like, B, like, get taken advantage of in in the same sense because they're, like, this elder or because they're older and they're great at what they do doesn't mean you have to, you know, participate in what they want from you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to, like, um, what's the word? Like, peer pressure. Like, get, like, get into, like, just be convinced, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't really know, like. Persuaded? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Persuaded, <laughs> like, you know, that type of pressure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with where I'm at right now. And, like, I'm, I'm still figuring it out and, like, learning about what I want to do with music in my life. But it's, like, at least I'm surrounded by people that love me and support me and have their best interest in, like, loving me and mm-hmm. like that is so important and like that's just such a blessing you know like I don't ever want to take that for granted you know ever mm-hmm. um, even if it is like a small circle like you know who you can go to like you know who you can turn to and you know who you have to talk to professionally like yeah. like what you said like work and life are very separate they they have to be I mean it's hard I, with music but it's hard. Yeah. You, got, you definitely have to try real hard. I'm yeah. very, very specific and cryptic, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I, like, pretty much leave my family and girlfriend out of everything I do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and vice versa. When I'm with them, I try not to talk about the stuff I do, but yeah. it, then people ask questions, you know, family gets curious, but I try to keep them separate. Sure. And it's... On just at the foundational level, it's very healthy for you, and then at like another level, it's good for their anonymity and mm-hmm. yours. And then at a high level, it starts. The internet's a creepy place, and it's more safety. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you are and what you do, it's creepy for different reasons. <clears throat> like for you. I'm just generalizing and guessing for a young woman, it's probably creepy in a very obvious way, mm-hmm. mostly romantically, sexually type stuff. For me, not so much. I'm not afraid of people. No one's going to do anything to me sexually. I'm not going to get messed up on the street. I'm just not. I'm not a small woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way it is. But it gets weird in other ways. People can Google stuff and they can manipulate stuff and make weird videos. Not like that hasn't happened. And do strange things to you. And, you know, my old home, um, the old DZ Records and DZ Fest in Hickory Hills, uh, tens and tens of thousands of people knew where it was. Mm. Um, 
Right. Because they went right. there. Right. And then another couple tens of thousands because it's all over the internet. The address is everywhere. It's on Google. If you type in the DZ, it shows up on Google, my address. Like it's a thing. My phone number, the whole thing. I had to accept that. So with that comes a lot of weird behavior from the internet. And I do creative things and creative things attract creative people. And creative people can be in a world of very stable to very unstable. It's mm -hmm. just what makes – I think that's the cocktail that makes creative individuals. They have a different way of thinking, which I love. I do it too. But you sometimes can tap into people who aren't so stable. So, yeah, I keep everything completely separate. I don't post – if I, it's very rare, rare I post any personal stuff or family stuff on the internet, like at all, like anything. Yeah. And people have asked me, like, why don't you do this? It's like, you don't even want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know yeah. the things I've seen and what I've heard right. and who's been at my house and the threats. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> and it's not, again, it's not the same ones that you would deal with. Yeah. Yours are very different. <clears throat> so, Mike, I should probably protect myself and mostly like the women in my life not even just a girlfriend you know a niece a cousin anybody it's like they don't need that it's my thing they don't have to deal with it you know mm -hmm. yeah comes with the territory when you open up your home to the world oh i'm sure yeah do you still do the festivals over here i'm trying to get it started in the city i'll tell you oh, more about it after beautiful that's yeah, trying to do it in the park next amazing next summer taking this year off to work on the documentary they've made about all 10 years yeah and then do it in the park uh -huh. and kind of get the – kind of have to reestablish connections in this neighborhood. My old place, I kind of ran things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of – I was there my whole life. My mom was there. My grandpa built the house. So, wow. like, my family was there for 70 years. We were, like, the local – the local, like, we knew everybody. Wow. <clears throat> and I knew everyone. And the firemen, the police, the mayor, the – Local business. I mean, I just knew everyone, so it wasn't hard to do it. Mm -hmm. And the more I did it, the more everyone knew me. Oh, a really funny story, actually. I think it was after this one, the ninth one in 2021. There was like a local Facebook uh, group of the moms. It's mm -hmm. like a, I, you could imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah, and oh, yeah. they were one mom. It's a bunch of white old moms, mm -hmm. and <laughs> one mom was like. Yeah, they got nothing better to do. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what's up with this DZ Fest? What is this DZ Fest thing? <laughs> oh, she was trying to shut it down. And then the other moms just came to my rescue. It was great. They're like, no, oh, it's this cool thing. Wow. He does it every year. That's great. And like donates everything and like does it all himself and, and invites all these bands around the world. And like it's it's the community goes to it and there's all these local artists and food and local, you know, pizza places and coffee shops and – they clean up the streets before and afterwards. They walk around the neighborhood. Like, all these things are true. And the police know about it, mm -hmm. and it's, like, it's cool. And then the mom was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't know. And, like, I, I'll go to the next one. Mm -hmm. So there's someone who's, like, trying to stop it. And then within a couple paragraphs of talking, like, it got flipped mm -hmm. and ended up coming to it. Wow. And what, what I'm getting at is that kind of trust and and and, like, I don't know, control is not the right word, but, like, strength takes time to build, you know? Sure. So I need, like, trying to do that now. Yeah, you know? in 10 years, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no matter what happens, 10 years was wild and great. And, I mean, I had, you know, just in the fest alone was, I think, 300 performances just from the fest. Wow. And the sessions is, like, 1,600. 
So, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. Awesome. Yeah, it's thousands and thousands of bands. Yeah, yeah it's it's cool. It's so many now. <laughs> it's so many bands now that if, and you proved this last Tuesday when I saw you. Yeah, yeah. If I go to any kind of a music event, like any kind, mm-hmm. could be at a bar next to some boats, I will meet or see someone there that I've worked with, like, it, it's not, it's never not happened in the last couple of years, which is cool. It's fun because it's nice, but it's funny when I'm with my friends because <laughs> they're just like, here we go again, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm like, this is nice. It's like a, it, uh, there's been a web, it's connections and it's cool to see the bands doing the thing and to run into people. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. But yeah, that was funny for those listening and I guess watching <laughs> last Tuesday, I texted Julia to confirm this podcast but it was just kind of random and then I went on a bike ride with some friends all night and then we randomly stopped at this bar like you don't live near it Mm. I don't I mean I live closer but I don't really it's not a place I go to it's not close by and I just stop at a bar on a bike there's live music we heard it so we stopped and you're there and I'm just and and your boyfriend's playing and I've worked with him and I'm just like that's (laughs) <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, yeah. it was so random. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Man. Man. What time is it? We're almost at two hours. Did you know that? No, I didn't know uh-huh. that. What? I know. I was so nervous. Really? I'm still a little nervous. Are you nervous? <laughs> what are you nervous about? I don't know. It's just like, I'm not like, so singing and talking are very different. <laughs> and no. like, social skills are like, Always trying to improve on. <laughs> you feel like you have weird social skills. Do you feel awkward? Sometimes. I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, I used to. I think I've, like, learned how to communicate through experiences, like, on the scene because, like, I've run into really awkward musicians before and I'm just like, I got to figure out how to get there out of here. Uh, some, uh, oh, that, that, yeah. that whole, like, keeping your face in a book, it doesn't have to be just science. It could be a book on notes. Oh, I know. And all you know is your sheet music yeah. and you are impeccable. But when it comes to just talking yeah. to someone and looking in their eyes. It's hard. I know exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to be an awkward, awkward kid too. And it practice makes perfect. Right. Because no, I exactly. meet and work and talk with so many people. I... It's kind of, I, I think I've talked about this before on this podcast. I think it's becoming a problem because I'm like, I wouldn't say numb. I'm not numb. I still have feelings. But nothing, and when I say nothing, I mean a 60 mile per hour car accident into concrete walls. I was fine. I literally like, I, I told my girlfriend, I'm like, relax, it's cool. You'll, like, I was just trying to calm her down. She was freaking out. I'm just sitting there like, we're good. Like, because of the, pressures and extreme things and the interacting with thousands and thousands and thousands of people under every circumstances the weird threats mm. the weird videos the weird mm-hmm. phone calls and the weirdest stuff ever i'm like nothing i'm like wow. it's just hand like no shakes no nerves i don't get nervous so you do really anything. well like under pressure under <sighs> excellent no wow. i zero nerves yeah performing guest speaking Speaking at my old high school, colleges, I get thrown into a new class, a new job interview. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, let's go. Been here, done yeah. that. Nothing's oh going to be harder than what I've already done. So, And it's good, but it's also kind of like it, it, it. I have to learn now patience because I know that I'm kind of in this weird um, 
bubble anomaly place that most people aren't in because of it. So now I have to be patient with those who don't have that skill Mm -hmm. and not get annoyed or bothered with them when they're like nervous Mm -hmm. or worried or stressed or pacing. I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's just this. And they're just like, but you don't understand. I'm like, I guess you're right. Like I forgot what it was like Mm -hmm. to be nervous about stuff. Yeah. You know, when I, when I get invited on a podcast, I'm like, all right, it's got to talk. Like it doesn't. No nerves at all. Mm-hmm. But I understand it. You're much younger. You don't do this a lot. And even though you sing a lot, singing still kind of puts you behind something. Right. You're, or you're with a band. Like you're behind. Like a mic. Yes. Yeah. You're behind a mic. You're behind your own voice. Yeah. Here is like your thoughts are coming out. I know. Like you're saying them. You have to articulate. But, you, know? you know, I am working on like trying to be more vulnerable like in front of an audience it's so hard because it's like you want to talk about why you picked this song but then it's like how do I get the words together in under <laughs> like 20 seconds so yeah, that you fast. stay engaged with me and like think I'm funny and like I have an idea it's a lot of pressure because of where you live yeah do you ever think of like improv or stand-up comedy I can't do improv for the life of me Ben I love the I can't flutter. act can't improv I feel like that type of could help Mm-mm. because it's fast. Yeah. It's witty. It's sharp. I've you're, thought about it. You're trying to get people to laugh. One yeah. of the best things about shows, concerts, are yeah. when the main person, the singer, can get the crowd laughing. I know. I so know. You break I their heart those. with your voice. I know. And the lyrical content mm-hmm. and the music and the vibrations. You get them feeling. Yeah. Dancing, drinking, whatever, reminiscing. And then you tell you're funny. Yeah. And they laugh. Like my favorite concerts are that like emotions and then laughter emotion and laughter so i love a good mix like that calls for an amazing show like yeah yeah. you can play your horn amazing but like can you talk (laughs) are you just really awkward (laughs) and that's like valid you were too young to have said that last sentence (laughs) yeah buddy you can play your horn amazing but can you talk it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was funny you already have the skill you don't even know it man i'm just trying to you're a little bit of an old soul well if you want to put it that way, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a skill. It's definitely something that you build, just like learning how to do. And like most nights are easier than other nights, and like I don't know why, but um, yeah, it's it's a tr- like I've had this little um, residency at Andy's every other Sunday night mm-hmm. this July, and it's like a late night thing. It's ten thirty p.m. to eleven forty-five, so it's like. It's it feels what, what like a days? new day, uh, Sundays. Sundays. So and let everyone know where Andy's is so they can go. Andy's Jazz Club is in the Loop. It's right next to Navy Pier, next to Winter's Jazz Club. It's like in that area. River North is. Yes, okay. River North. Is it by the the, the dueling piano thing? How how at the moon? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Probably nearby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gee, I, I barely know how to get to Andy's, but <laughs> no. Um, yeah, funny. I have it this upcoming Sunday, and like. I wish it wasn't so late. I, I could go to the bed at that time. I know, right? I mean, I can't really relate, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know, right? I go to bed at three a.m. Yeah. Every night. <laughs> what time do you go to bed at night normally? Um, I guess it sucks because like those are my creative hours. Is like once I hit one a.m., I'm like sweating and I'm like, I need to do this now. Yeah. I need to do this I, now. I miss that. I'm so jealous. <laughs> that was your age. It was the same thing. And most of the music I wrote was at like. Two, three, four in the morning. Well, that's because like everyone's sleeping. Like you're not like in the vibrations of other people's like yeah. thoughts and shit. Y- something weird happens to your mind when it's like you exhausted, can just think. You can but just... like not. Yeah. Like you are kind of tired because it is late. Yeah. 
but you don't like want to go to bed. You're like excited about this idea and no one's around and yeah. It's like its own universe almost. <sighs> it, by far the most songwriting I ever did was past yeah. midnight yeah. by far. I normally get into bed Monday through Thursday, Friday, almost every day at like 10, 10, 30. Wow. Every I'm day. so jealous. Every That's day. great. Yeah, it's great. I wake up at seven every day. I usually mm-hmm. get eight hours and do stuff all day. And God, yeah, I wish. It's, I mean, this took 30 years to get into this. <laughs> I didn't get into it. I was like 30, 31. Mm. The pandemic allowed for us, like, oh, I have time to like actually have a circadian rhythm that works mm. instead of like just yeah. flip flopping all the time. Yeah. I'm going to bed late. I'm like, none of my peers, I'm 33, none of my peers are out on a weekday past 10. Like, yeah. none of them. That I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. So what am I doing? Like, why stay up late? Mm -hmm. Weekends are tricky in the summer. It's really tricky. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. My my girlfriend likes to go to bed early too. So it kind of works. Man. And like. It's so nice. My close, close friends are maybe like one hour later than me. So Mm -hmm. it's like not a big deal. Man, when you have gigs that like that end at midnight, it's That's what I'm saying. That's why I love playing. It's so lame, but I love playing all ages shows. When they're like, or going to them. They're like, oh. It's all ages. I'm like, yes, we'll be done by 10. <laughs> they have to be done by 10 because sure. of curfew. Right. It's great. I'm like, right. good. I'm at home. Yeah. By 10.30, there's no traffic at 10. Boom. Yeah. But when it's like, oh, it's 21 plus at like, you know, Kohl's yeah, on a yeah, Saturday, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, here comes 2 a.m. Right, right. Like, there's no way around a Kohl's 21 plus show. No, it starts at 10. Yeah, it starts at 10. <laughs> Four bands, you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I play them. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy them, but I got to do them sparingly. Oh, yeah. I'm just getting so tired of being tired, you know? Real. You know? Wow, well said. <laughs> That's so real. It's true. It it's, is a decision, too. Yeah, you have to, like, really try it. And your friend's like, oh, let's go. To, well, it's, we're truly in different places. But, yeah, at your age, oh, my God, I was up to, like, 6 a.m. every day. Oh, my God. 5 a.m. Oh. I'm a happy medium, I would say. 2, 3 a.m.? 1? Midnight 1. Midnight 1? Yeah. That's, That's like not bad those, for are those are good days. Especially post college summer. I listen. I'm, I'm like I don't go out like that. I'm just trying to. All like, right, you don't club anymore. I don't really do that. Ever since it became legal, when you turn 21, you're like. Yeah, literally. I'm like, well, now I don't want to do this. <laughs> Isn't that funny? When <laughs> something's drink, legal, you're like, so you don't drink at all, or just like once uh, in a while. No, I like Moscato. I'll drink some wine. Moscato. Moscato. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so lame, but yeah. it's so That's good. Such a, I just think like it's very. North suburb thing to drink. What? Rosé. No. Moscato, well, I don't like. Mimosas. I don't like anything that tastes like alcohol. Oh. So if you want me to drink it, it can't taste like alcohol. But I also don't like drinking things that aren't water. What about that aren't water? Okay. So like, well, beer is mostly water. And disgusting. Disgusting. Well, I don't drink beer. That's funny. So I didn't gross. get into beer until like twenty six, twenty seven. Interesting. Lit when I was your age, no beer. Hated yeah, it. yeah, no. Disgusting. So. so gross. I don't know what happened, but I did notice a massive taste put because I didn't drink coffee. I don't drink at coffee. your age. No coffee. No coffee. No beer. No weed. None of it. No cigarettes. Nothing. I don't do like, that. Nothing. Yeah. No dr- No psychedelics. Just zero. And even didn't really have sugar much. Didn't have sodas. Nothing. And then something weird happened in my late twenties. Like I developed a taste and an ability to handle like. Hmm. Alcohol. Now I like the harshest versions of everything. I want just straight bourbon, <laughs> beer, wine, scotch, cigar, a joint, like just like that. 
Um, I don't know. It just took many, many years. to. I did not have it at your age. It, it took a lot longer. I don't know what that is, but it happened. Some foreshadow, so, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it might, it might. But it's good that you don't now because I think it's healthier when you get into that stuff older and you're more mature. Like how I told you, for me to drink, I got to be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and that. Right. I'm not getting drunk. I'm going to eat more food when I do drink. I'm yeah. very careful. When you're 20, 19, you don't do any of that stuff. And you get, I'm sure you had those nights, you just get so drunk. Well, I, I have just such like a low tolerance. And like, I remember like when I tried to like smoke weed and like be cool with like friends and stuff, I, <laughs> I would simply like, I would have to go. I, I couldn't, you got that I couldn't hang. I couldn't hang. Paranoid? Paranoid. Hallucinating. <laughs> Paranoia, like after like a hit or two. What about edibles? Same thing. Didn't try. I kind of just, I gave up on it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You'll be better off. It's not for me. I say, I would say when you're older, maybe revisit it when you're in a different place, head state, you might develop a new, everything changes after, you know, late 20s. I've tried like CBD and like a medical, like, Something, like, as close as medical marijuana as, it, as you can get without getting, like, a prescription. Mm-hmm. Like, going to, like, um, what do you call those places where you can buy weed legally? A d- d- the dispensary. Dis- right, right, the yeah. dispensary. And, like, because when the flare-ups were bad, they were bad. So I was like, I'll try anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I would, like, try to find weed. Does the CBD help? No. I mean, I, I didn't commit long enough to it. Mm. I just, like steroids, like, that was, like, the quick and easy fix. Yeah, there were certain things that... Weed's not going to do it. Yeah. And your health issue might have been too serious yeah. for weed. Like, weed's going to fix it. Like, right, right. It, what it will do, and I've experienced it many times, that it will help tremendously with pain. So it might not yeah. get rid of inflammation. It, it does help with in certain inflammations 100%, but it might not get rid of pain or infections or mm-hmm. things like that or whatever it is you were facing. I'm sure it wasn't just pain. Yeah. Um, but it will help a lot with pain. Mm. I, I would recommend... Um, instead of taking, you know, painkillers, Oxycontin, right. Vicodin, I'd be like, you should probably just smoke weed. Or right. take, take some edibles. If you don't want to smoke, like literally put smoke right. in your lungs, then take some edibles. Right. And you might have to deal with being high, but it's way better than being high from Oxy. Oh, my God. Oxy, you know, and Vicodin. Like, some would argue, like, oh, those highs are great. It's like, yeah, it will cost, though. Yeah. You know, there's a, do- a lot to come that comes with pain pills. Yeah, yeah I don't. I'm not big into that stuff. I've never done pills. No. In my serious injury days when I was a wild man, I was prescribed pills and gave them away, threw them out, gave them away, threw them out. I did that kind of combination a lot of times. Just like, I don't don't need these. Pain's not that bad. That's the weird thing about it. A lot of doctors over-prescribe those things. Mm -hmm. Like every accident or any injury, it is painful, but like it's not that painful. Yeah. Like. People have been breaking their bones forever, yeah. and they didn't have pain pills. Right. A broken bone hurts, but you don't really need a pain pill, honestly. Take some Tylenol. Uh, smoke some weed. Be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good, though. You're you're better off. You can focus more on school, work, relationships, travel, save yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Wake up feeling good every day. Right, You know, right. And then later in life, if you get into it, you try new things. But totally. I wouldn't worry about it. And don't want anybody to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah, no. You, know. I, you can't even try to convince me. <laughs> try, like, <laughs> good, I good. just, I know where I stand. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not a person. It's like, what? You're missing. It's like, no. No, <laughs> I know I'm not you're, missing You're anything. not missing. Out. You're, what you miss out on is when you do do those things too much and you aren't in the moment. Yeah. Because you're waking up too late because you're hungover. You don't remember the last night. Yeah. So I, it's the opposite of missing out on stuff. You're actually taking everything in. You're mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. Your memory will be much better too. Yeah. A lot of people who are big drinkers and smokers in their 20s, you know, when they're my age or in their 40s, you ask them, like, what'd you do then? And they're like, they couldn't give you many good stories because it's all hazy. Because mm-hmm. when you're intoxicated all the time, you can't, your brain is mushy. It doesn't remember well. The things it does remember, it's not that accurate. It's a little distorted, you know. Whereas I'm sure your memory is crystal clear. You probably can recall really well, you know. And that's how I was. Everyone's was... Back in the day, my friends were like, your memory's so good. It's like, no, I'm just always sober. Yeah. I was just there. Yeah. Like, I know what happened. <laughs> yeah. This, 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 I can remember it. I was yeah. just present. It's so common, like, when I was coming up in high school, like, like my freshman year, like, girls were drinking. Like we Freshman year, huh? Freshman year. Whoa. Drinking, like, hard. Were they getting it from parents? Probably. Yeah. Stole it or something. Yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> trying to hang and cops and just like yeah it was like that it was like that because you're in the suburbs like y'all got nothing better to do you got thrown into the clink no no i wasn't like drinking or anything oh no i mean well i i would drink but i didn't get like i've never actually blacked out or like that's good gotten too like under the influence so i've had to like help friends and that side of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah no it's it's not for me i've tried for so long it's a hard one and it'd be can be quite dangerous for mm-hmm. young women out in the city drinking with oh, yeah. random dudes. Very risky. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't participate. I've heard such terrible stories, it's like awful. the worst stories. Yeah. I'm like, I still can't believe that people are roofy people. That blows my mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait a minute, you're just like putting a drug in their drink, and you're gonna give it to them, and then they drink it, and then you just. What? That I mean, a, that's bizarre. Well, you know, so strange. Thank to me. God that there's like this new lingo going on within like bartenders and like people that work the bars and stuff. Like you can like say you want a certain type of drink, and they'll be like, "Oh, that means you are trying to get out of the state. You need me to call nine one one, or you want me to walk you to an Uber or call you an Uber or something." Oh. And there's like certain le- lingo that you can like. How do you know it? How do you learn it? I don't know, but I've seen it on TikTok. So <laughs> <laughs> just look it up. I love your poetic. It's almost like you're doing like a TikTok post. I've learned so much on TikTok. It's so educational. I've heard that about it really is. younger generations. I mean, I, I guess I've learned some. It depends on what you're looking at. Right. Like it only follows your algorithm. Oh, so what I are you know. At? I've made my um like my feed, like everything that I want to see, like skincare, hair care, like working out, like food, like nutrition. You know, like you can literally make it like what you want. Yeah. And like. Or you can make it hell. You know? Yeah, just like don't. Same with Instagram. Same yeah. with all of them. Right. Yeah. You know? The algorithm. The algorithm. So you, you're you into health and stuff? I love it. I love, <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> I also like, I love like learning about like metaphysical things, like things that we don't see or things that happen outside of our conscious. Uh-oh. I know. It's Here so, we go. No. <laughs> it's just interesting. I don't know much about it. Okay. But I love learning about it because it's like, I don't know, maybe the universe is like, something or someone's looking looking out for you Mm. well then i will say one thing Mm -hmm. when you're ready at some point in your life doesn't matter when i waited a long time 
if you're feeling it and in a good place, mentally, emotionally, physically, and literally like in a good place, mm-hmm. try some psilocybin at some point in your life. What is that? Mushroom, psilocybin. Oh, mushroom. oh, like the, the natural mushrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The People would call it a drug. I guess <sighs> it technically is one, but... I don't do good with like hallucinating just from Have my experience. Have you hallucinated on a true psychedelic? No, on, on marijuana, I've like... It just like everything just got like way too distorted for my comfort and like... Marijuana is a different one. Yeah. It, oh, it okay. has hallucin- hallucinogenic elements, but yeah. it's like... It's just different. It's like... You know how you can get a little wacky from like NyQuil? Hmm? Have you ever done that? On purpose or accident. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean, like loopy. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like getting loopy or wacky from, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but it's like drinking a bunch of NyQuil versus drinking like beer. Mm. You're going to get a version of drunk from either, mm. but one has acetaminophen, min, acetaminophen in it mm-hmm. and some other stuff. So mm-hmm. you're going to get like extra weird mm-hmm. and it's going to feel like you're drunk, but even more weirder. Mm-hmm. And the other one is just like a light buzz. Mm-hmm. So in that case, not that mushrooms or weed are equivalent to any of them, but what I'm saying is they have a little bit of the same, it's like the 20th cousin twice removed. Like mm-hmm. they're barely related, but mm-hmm. they have some things. But mushrooms, it's like, I don't know, based on what you just said, you might truly enjoy it because what you just verbalized, it actualizes in reality. Like you do see the things outside of yourself. You, mm. you interact with them. You see... The patterns and the colors and the textures and the information. Kind of what's underlying the layer that is physically held together start to unravel and kind of mm, kind of move and I guess simplify it, vibrate. You start to start to see vibrations yeah. and wavelengths of like everything. Like you, me, the light, the camera, the mic, the table. Yeah. And it's quite remarkable and Man. overwhelming and I've never had any bad experiences with it. So, but yeah, I'm whenever I just say, based on what you said, I feel like you would enjoy it. But don't ever do something like that unless yeah. you want to do right. something like that. I, I'd never tell anyone, like, you got to do it. Cause, right, like, right, right. I enjoy it, but everyone's different. I would never tell someone they need to do it. Well, just you, say, you're the second person that's been like, you know, mushrooms. Like, I've done this. It's been like this type of experience. And yeah. like, I just like, I guess I'm, like, an anxious person. I've, yeah. I've never really, like, tried to, you know, do mm-hmm. anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And that, that's another thing. It yeah. helps trem- – it can help tremendously with anxiety because it's – Really? One of the few drugs, psychedelic drugs, that you 100% get outside of yourself mm. in a way that it's hard to articulate unless you did it. Like, you truly step outside yourself. Like, weed, you get in your head – Alcohol, you lose your inhibitions, Mm -hmm. but mushrooms, it's like you are, time is gone, Mm -hmm. you are gone, you are just existing Mm -hmm. and everything, it's beautiful, you'll cry, things are hilarious. I mean, the stuff, I was, the last time I did it a couple weeks ago, uh, I was just looking at an ant on the wall, laughing hysterically. Um... I was with some friends. I guess we we did acid. They're, they're very close. Uh-huh. Uh, July 3rd, we mm-hmm. walked around and looked at all the fireworks. It was really fun. Oh, wow. But then we were laying on the ground. It was like midnight. You also don't sleep. You just kind of have this energy of feeling really alert. And I was just looking at this ant, and my friend was like, 
do you think ants know they're upside down? And we just, oh. it's not <laughs> that funny. It's kind of funny. It's yeah. just goofy. Holy shit. But we laughed for like point. 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, like what you just, you just giggle, can okay, move on. That for some reason, because your mind, you start just thinking everything. Wow. And we started thinking, like trying to figure out like how do they understand their orientation on earth? And we you start mm-hmm. going down this wormhole of That's cool. bugs and do they have an inner ear equilibrium system like right. we do? Is it different? It must be different because maybe to them every single way is upright, whereas we only have one upright. And it's just that's what happens on those drugs. And mm-hmm. that's where you get all these wacky ideas and mm-hmm. records that you've heard and movies. It's because, excuse me, it allows you to just kind of tilt your your psychological and body lens just more just Mm -hmm. kind of moves you from a different angle that you just can't see or know is there unless you take psychedelic drugs yeah Mm. so all i'd say is based on what you said at some point in your life i think you'd enjoy it Mm -hmm. not saying to do it not to do it but i think you would enjoy it based on what you said and how you are yeah yeah and i i didn't try mushrooms till i was 28 so yeah, who knows? I When I was your age, I would have been like, no, I'm never doing those. <laughs> and then one day I was like, you know what? Everyone I know has done them. They're all fine. They all have loved them. They all yeah. tell me it's great. What I, I'm right. at my house. I'm with my friends. I'll just, right. I'll just try it. Right. You know? That's the most important thing. Be in a cool, comfortable place with nice people. Yeah. And safe. And it's fine. You know? If you don't want to be paranoid and stressed out. When I hear people like, yeah, I did acid and like, or mushrooms, and I was like at Lollapalooza. I'm like, yeah. I would only do that after like 20 times, because then you observe, you uh, kind of get a skill of doing it, because okay. you like know what's gonna happen. But sure. my first one or two or three times, I would never do it in a public place, because you don't know what's gonna happen. Right. You know. It's scary. Right, but because I did it so many times, we like we went walking around looking at you know fireworks. If I was a, if I was younger and did it for the first time, I would not have done that. I've been too scared. You mm. know? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I, I do feel that. Yeah, it's so good advice. My two cents. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're not the first person that's like said that. To really? Me, so. Yeah. Yeah. Some people I just know. I hear them talk. I'm like, they probably would enjoy this. Yeah. I really do think that. Yeah. It's fun. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Take your time. You got your whole <laughs> life. It'll probably be legal in like the next five to eight years. Yeah. I I truly think so. And I have a, a friend of mine is. Uh, a doctor and researcher mm-hmm. of this stuff, and he went to the MAPS conference in Colorado, which is a big, um, I think it's a big not-for-profit that works with psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he said that it's like, look, in like five to eight years, it probably will be legal. <clears throat> Definitely decriminalized. So if you get caught, you won't get mm-hmm. in trouble anymore. Mm-hmm. won't be a felony, kind of a goofy felony. That's the thing, too. When you do take those types of drugs... It, you start laughing like, I can't believe people go to prison for this. Mm-hmm. Like You sit there like listening to music and you're just like crying, holding yeah. a speaker. And you're like, how do people go to prison for this? <sighs> it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, this is not dangerous. And it, even if it is a little bit, that's not for the government to decide. Right. You know, we do so many. Like, we ride bikes. We drive cars. I've almost died so many times in my life, and it wasn't by the hands of drugs mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It was by the hands of everyday normal stuff. Trains, planes, automobiles, bikes, skates, skateboards, 
walking in the city of Chicago. Like, yeah. all that is so much more dangerous than any drug I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's good advice. <laughs> it's good to know. Should we end soon? It's been two hours and 20 minutes. Whoa. We can end. So nice. <laughs> wow. It's nice to have, like, a long conversation yeah. like that. It went by really fast. It did. I feel like we could talk a lot more about stuff. It's nice to, like... Not that, like, you're old or, like, older. <laughs> As, <laughs> no, no, because... Not that you're, like, a grandpa. <laughs> but, like... No. <laughs> I just, like, I have, like, made it, like, a... Like, I've purposely kind of, like, cut off a lot of <laughs> people, in it, like, that, you know, play music that are of a certain age um, to, like, a limited capacity. And it's just, like, nice to, like, hear from someone that's, like, lived through, like, a lot of things and just, like... I don't know. I'm I'm just like it's always nice to come back to like a mentorship like type of like advice like just um perspective. Oh. And so I just like really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I feel like I learned a lot and I like feel more like more motivated oh, than great. when I came into it. So well, That's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. I very very much appreciate that. Yeah. And likewise, I enjoy talking to all different types of people, different educations, religions, backgrounds, cultures, you name it. So yeah. to talk to someone even though you're younger you're you're doing so many great things with music. You did you you won an award recently? This year I won um a student music award through Downbeat. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank did you. you have to like apply for it? They just pick you. It's <laughs> it's really simple actually. You just there's like different cat categories and you just like apply for whichever category mm-hmm. applies to you. And you know, if you get a, an award, you you get mentioned in their magazine. And my That's school awesome. like paid for a like a little section and like had me I was really it was really nice that's awesome yeah it's cool that's great it's good for your career yeah your your musical resume awesome yeah and any big things you want to promote coming up I know you said some shows yeah Andy's um yes um I am looking to release a debut album sometime this year or within the next year um so I'm really working on figuring out the details for that so that is in the works um, I have a gig at the Jazz Showcase, as I mentioned, in September and then in January, um, which is really exciting because I get to just display my the things that I've just like recently worked on, which are like arrangements, original music, and just like collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, I love having like a deadline being like, all right, what can I come up with that's like new in my repertoire by yeah. this time? And I, that's like the best thing ever. And then I have something at Winter's Jazz Club which is a tribute to Ella Fitzgerald and Oscar Peterson. I'll be playing with Jeremy Kahn, incredible um, pianist and his trio. And we, you know, Winters does um, different themes and I'm like super excited about this theme because it's like all um, music that Ella and Oscar, you know, there's really not much records or many records of them playing together, but we found a few and I'm so excited to like delve into that. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, good so, stuff coming yeah. up. Congratulations on thank everything. Thank you, thank you. Done with college, you got all these things going on. <sighs> yeah, taking Very it cool. day by day. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming here, Julia. Thanks for having me. Everyone can find you on the internet yes. under your name, right? Yes. Cool. Uh, anything else? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's about it. Awesome. Well, check her music out, support her, follow her on the Instagram, TikTok. I'm figuring out how to work that. So Facebook. <laughs> There's Facebook, yeah. 
and LinkedIn, you know, we'll go far with it. <laughs> Come on. I don't even have one, but I'm sure you can find me on there. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. I thank appreciate you, it. This was a lot of fun, yeah. and I appreciate your insight and honesty. This was great. And thank you. You're Anytime. Anytime. Every week we'll be back. <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> right. Three hours. We're coming. All right. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.